Hey guys, Eric here, and I want to talk to you real quick about the dailydownforce.com. Every day, this website covers the latest news and trends in NASCAR, from silly season right through the checkered flag in Phoenix. Need a new morning routine as soon as you wake up? Well, now you have it, dailydownforce.com. This is the website I use to keep up with the industry, the drivers, and of course, what the community is talking about. And speaking of community, dailydownforce.com is also home to some of your other favorite NASCAR content creators. Plus, they've got all sorts of information that I like to keep bookmarked, like schedules, penalties, ratings, and everything you want to know. Oh, and be sure to check out the merch shop while you're there to find some exclusive diecasts and collectibles. So check out dailydownforce.com, that's dailydownforce.com, and I'll see you in the replies. Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at polepositionmag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item, backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They yeah. had been, they had been yeah. around the block a time or two. What's so, the first deal they built, I bet? No, no. You know, you, I think they were, they had, the, the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this, this souped-up car, and he, he complained that the government gave him these piece-of-crap, cheapo cars and that, that were really no match, but he thought he was doing pretty good. And then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappeared. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And it, it, as he said, it was a game of chicken and I was a chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy still when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. <laughs> So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. That's the clock tonight. Go get us the W. Hell yeah. Ready. Journey, journey. What the f***? Copy. Right on down. We got to go play guys it's your boy darian gilliam aka black flags matter back for another edition of the famous nascar weekly podcast i'm here with my usual panel eric Eastup, the iceberg and darian Dan- i was about to say darian v talks <laughs> danny v talks <laughs> danny do- gilliam darian v talks yep yeah, we're gonna well, do be darian b birthday happy birthday darian Thank yeah. you guys so much. Happy I'm birthday. 20, birthday, Darian, 26 years old. Golden I'm 26. birthday. I'm 26, bro. I don't feel 26. I don't even, I don't look anywhere close to 26 neither. So that's a blessing, I guess. Well, it's so, your I golden guess. birthday too. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. My mom said the same thing. I didn't understand what she was saying at first, but I was like, oh, okay. Like once she explained it. Hey y'all, do you remember okay. what we were doing on this night? Uh, in five I was years just about ago, to bring that up. Yes. It, Time flies. Five years ago, we did on this very night, um, on my 21st birthday, we had Bobby Allison on uh, during season <laughs> one for like five minutes. <laughs> I, I, I I don't know what you guys are doing. I got to go by. I got to stop it. <laughs> and he just hangs up the phone, which I, by the way, I think Jared still has that phone, I believe. Yes, so, I do. I actually, I, I yeah. scroll down my, if I scroll down my, um, my calls, the first call on this phone, mm-hmm. this phone right here, first call was from bobby allison I, I i i picked up the phone i just hear hi is this jarrett lundberg i'm like yes sir who's this this is bobby allison I'm like, <laughs> is the interview today <laughs> i was like oh i did you ask that i don't even remember i was i was like oh my god i gotta uh, hi <laughs> yeah so we've got so we've got good memories but man time flies now now we're in season six so it's pretty crazy but appreciate all the birthday wishes and of course the super chats we will get to those at the top of the hour but fellas Let's get started with our famous hot take segment. Danny, I'm going to put you on the spot. You start us off. Man, my my hot takes. Got to get something hotter than the Oppenheimer explosion me and Darian <laughs> saw last, last night. Uh, let's see here. I'll go with this shirt I got on. Road America. There is no good reason with this short track package that we have why we should be even considering going to Richmond two times a year, and why the heck are we forcing A.J. Allmendinger to do this crazy traveling back and forth just because he wants to go win on a road course? Why are we not racing all the series at Road America this weekend? It was simple as that. It was right there. NASCAR didn't do it. We could have both series there. We should have both series there next year. Enough time to get the timer ready. Hey, yeah, yeah. He just hey, short, sweet, and to the point. Eric makes a good point. Uh, I talked about my hot take already on my show. I think yesterday, Uh, but last week Justin Haley announced he's going to Rick Ware 
racing. He kind of explained his decision over the weekend at Pocono. He cited the RFK Alliance, what they're building with Ford, uh, as some of the reasons why this opportunity intrigued him. But when everyone first heard that Justin Haley was going to Rick Ware, the uh, sort of consensus on social media, at least, was, what are you doing? Rick Ware racing? That is career suicide. I'm not going to sit here and say that Rick Ware is a better option than colleague, but to say that Justin Haley to Rick Ware is a terrible decision or that there's no merit to that choice, that's just way off base. Rick Ware Racing has gotten a lot better. The next-gen car has brought them closer to the back of the pack. Uh, they're actually ahead of, I think, one of the legacy cars, one of the Spire cars, obviously Live Fast. So they've gotten better. They've improved. They've added Tommy uh, Tommy Baldwin. They've added Robbie Benton uh, to their team in recent years. Obviously, the RFK Alliance. They are building something over there. You know, you guys know this. Rick Ware, he's in sports car racing. He's in IndyCar. He's in other forms of motorsports, and he's had success. It's not like the guy doesn't know how to fund and operate a successful racing team. It's only a matter of time before Rick Ware Racing in NASCAR becomes at least a bit more competitive. And Justin Haley now has job security for at least the next couple of years. This was not a career suicide move, in my opinion. And don't forget, uh, Rick Ware Racing is ahead of some of the, the Stuart Haas racing cars as well. Every now and then. <laughs> every now and then. At least the 14. They, they run there at the least. Yeah. yeah, it seems like sometimes. All right, Jarrett, you're up. Uh, my hot take is something that you, you can watch back on this show even three years ago. I never thought I'd say this. Pocono is the hottest ticket on the schedule. And Ooh. I will say this now. It is so much more improved over the last three years than I think any track in the schedule is. From those I know who have been there, from those who were texting me that were at the race this past weekend, the vibe on TV, the fact that more people are watching, the drama that we had from it. Pocono has quickly and insanely out of nowhere become one of the top five races to watch every year. Dale Jr. said that that Atlanta was the big ticket, the one that everyone needs to watch. He was saying Chicago was. You know, people will always talk about the super speedways or the action tracks. You know, Kansas after the finish people talked about. No. For some reason, this car and Pocono especially just go well together. This weekend was one of the best Pocono weekends I've ever watched, maybe the best ever, and I think Pocono is the hottest ticket on the schedule. Okay, for mine, I'm going to make the counter argument for AJ Allmendinger. Now, I had said earlier, I was um, on Twitter, I, I had tweeted uh, earlier today, I was confused. You're minus 17, and you're going to forfeit not only practice, but qualifying at Richmond in the Cup Series, and also like giving away the chance to get, you know, um, uh, uh, to get some very valuable stage points to race at Road America in Xfinity. What are you doing? But then I realized something. Ah. We have two more road courses left on the schedule. Perhaps AJ Allmendinger just wants, uh, you know, to get uh, his uh, road course skills warmed up a tad right before that um, that uh, final stretch of two road course races at both Indianapolis and Watkins Glen. So you know what? And also when you look at it too, AJ Allmendinger is not is typically not the best driver at Richmond anyway. So, you know what? It's not like, so maybe he wasn't um, in the running for stage points, but you know what? At the very least, he is going to get some road course, uh, some road course time and be ready to take one of those playoff spots on one of the road courses. We'll see if it works out, but yeah. 
But yeah, so uh, I'm going to put up the poll who had the hottest take. And fellas, we are not even 10 minutes in, but already well over 300 people watching, but only 62 likes. Make sure to lick the like button, everybody. And yeah, I figured we get some people tuning in early because we have a lot to discuss, man. I, I remember the good old days when, you know, just, you know, you had a typical Pocono race, nothing happened. You know, guys like Jimmy Johnson, Denny Hamlin, Jeff Gordon, Kyle Busch, they would just run away with the victory, right? Well, like Jared said, it's a whole new day. It's a whole new day, man, because now Pocono is, if you don't agree, it's the hottest ticket. It's for sure one of the hottest tickets. We had a sellout, first sellout at that track and for the Cup Series since 2010. Wow, unbelievable. And you love to see it. And I was able to I was able to watch the race uh, on the uh, airplane. Uh, you're about to see some uh, baseball highlights later. Yeah, you'll get it. You'll get it later on. But um, yeah, so on the way home, play, I was able to watch it. Yeah, I was able to watch it on the plane. And um, yeah, I was um, I mean, look, for Pocono standards, I mean, you know what you're getting. But man, towards the end, it was just crazy. But you know what? I'm going to start us off and I'm going to rotate with uh, I'm going to do my best to rotate who I'm going to choose first for uh, different topics tonight. But Eric, you're the big dog out of the four of us. So uh, start us vertically off. speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all around. Right. All around. So uh, start us off, it's man. Just uh, yeah. What do you think of the Pocono race? And then we will get into uh, some of the uh, controversies as well. OK, I'll wait before I get into the controversy. Uh, I. I too was out of town actually. So I was watching this race largely on my uh, smartphone device, my mobile phone. Um, but it was fantastic. The action felt bigger than when I watch uh, on, you know, a 70 inch TV growing up, you know, watching old Pocono races. Yeah. Pocono used to be two dates and it used to sort of bookend what I consider to be the driest portion of the NASCAR schedule. You know, you'd go to Pocono and then typically have like Sonoma. Okay. You know, you'd have uh, New Hampshire, you know, Daytona, 4th of July was like the, the little oasis there in the middle of the desert. That was fun. But then you had another Pocono race, like a month and a half later. It's, mm -hmm. it's too much Pocono too soon. And Pocono never produced the greatest racing, but that, you guys are right to echo what you're saying. Two years of the next gen, two great Pocono races with controversy. We'll get into the controversy in a moment, but you know, I loved it. It was hard to pass as Pocono typically is, but there were enough, uh, you know, drivers spinning out, ruffling each other's feathers, getting sideways that we had restarts. We had opportunities for pitch strategy to play out. I will say, I know some of you guys will probably agree with me on this. I think Pocono can be added to the list of tracks that stage yellows should be dropped. Obviously still need stage points, still need to reward them, but I would vote in favor of getting rid of the stage cautions. It effectively ruined Daniel Suarez and Joey Logano's day. Like, you know, Suarez was in a, between a rock and a hard place. He had to stay out and get those stage points. Logano, you're not going to give up a free playoff point, but then it put them in 25th and they didn't deserve to be in 25th on that restart and it cost them the race. So uh, I, I don't, that's not the kind of gamble or strategy I really like. It's, uh, it's way too artificial in my opinion. So I would change that format going forward. Who wants to go next? Man, I, I see the thing that for this whole weekend that really just surprised me was, yes, it was hard to pass. Uh, I think that's a staple of Pocono. Uh, and just because it's hard to pass doesn't mean it's a bad race. Uh, and I do think it would have, through the middle of the race, been better without the stage yellows. Just because strategy, a lot of comers and goers, a longer runs, stuff like that. Uh, but I mean, I got to say, I'm, I'm looking at the finishing order right now and yeah, I get it. We had late race restarts. Some stuff got shuffled up, but man, Toyota, like even with how good of a race it was and the back and forth and all Toyota had one, 
two, three, five, and six. And if it wasn't for some little troubles during the race, I think Bubba Wallace would have been a lot closer to them too. Uh, but the lowest finishing Toyota in this race was 11th. Uh, mm-hmm. That is like, we're going to a track this weekend in Richmond that people are like, this is Toyota's playground. Uh, this past weekend, this was Toyota's playground. And I, I got to say, I'm incredibly impressed by how especially JGR in particular has turned it on later in the regular season. Because I think, I'd say it's fair to say, first half of the regular season through the Coke 600, uh, it, w- it was kind of a toss-up. You know, we <laughs> talked about the Hendrick guys a lot, but we also talked about the Penske guys. And, you know, we'd have like Ross Chastain thrown in there. Uh, Toyota right now, as they're running, uh, and this past weekend proved it too, uh, with how racy it was and they still all finished up there, Toyota to me is proving to be the manufacturer favorite. Maybe not the driver favorite. I, I know it, Truex is the one we're leaning towards now, but manufacturer-wise, Toyota looks the strongest. Well, yeah, even uh, we were talking about this a little bit last week. We mentioned that this could be where Ty Gibbs could step up a little bit because now we've reached a point where technically because of last year he's had now a year of experience behind the wheel of a cup car at this point and going back to this track he actually put together his, honestly his best flag the flag run in a cup car he's had in his entire career he what he ended up finishing what fifth in this one mm-hmm. i think yeah so top five yeah so ty gibbs you know now that he's had a year of experience in this car i think we're going to start seeing a few better runs for him like this and this definitely proved you know toyota's gaining speed and he's gaining confidence and we're starting to see him, you know, kind of uh, be up there a little bit. Yeah, he was one of the most consistent guys up front throughout the day. I mean, also, you know, um, you know, at the beginning, William Byron was looking really good, and then, you know, um, we're gonna get, we're gonna talk about him in a little bit with another driver. But Larson spinning out and still being able to come back, um, uh, still be able to come back and still and uh, still uh, uh, contend for the win towards the end. That's awesome. Um, yep, go ahead. I was gonna say you talk about those Hendrick guys. I gotta, you know give credit not necessarily to the driver but the pit crew the 48 they were at some points i think i noticed they were like 10 for something like that but then they come out like right behind truex after pit stops they were getting him out in mm. good time but then what happened Cards well <laughs> then, then then some blue and neon bulldozer come through <laughs> i mean on the replay yeah it did he didn't touch I, him on the replay he didn't, didn't touch him but definitely i feel like his car it did that little little air, uh, arrow bubble thing yeah just one of those deals but uh you know speaking of the arrow bubbles too i mean we're talking about larson here but you know the main story though and it's in the title hamblin versus larson there so um, I want to say, what was it? With less than 10 laps to go, I believe. I want to say that, um, you know, racing for the win there. Uh, a similar, basically the same move that uh, Hamlin did on Chastain a year ago. Um, basically forces Larson up there, uh, putting him in a very compromising decision where he has to either back out of it or stay or, you know, keep your foot in it. But unfortunately hit the wall there too. So um uh, what happened there after that hits then you saw truex and harvick sort of racing there it made for some very exciting racing but uh then larson unfortunately fell out of contention soon after that and then the radio exchanges were very interesting because danny hamlin on his radio his creature was saying look i know that's your best friend but you know he should know like i mean did do you, does he know the, the way he races people and then cliff daniels to larson was like Oh, you should hear all the shit they're talking, bro. Like, hey, don't say nothing on the radio. I'll tell you afterwards. Don't say nothing, though. Don't say a word. And, of course, Hamlin goes on to win. And the post-race 
uh, comments from Larson basically saying like, oh, he's always right. He's never wrong. And, so and I know it's not related, but no one had better radio sweetheart than Joy Logano this weekend, though. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. We'll get we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it for sure. Let's stay on. We'll, we'll, um, let's talk about Hamlin and Larson first. Jared, I'm going to start off with you, man. Just I mean, I mean, where do you stand on this whole deal, too? I mean, like, uh, does should Larson start racing Hamlin differently here or, uh, you know, and also, like, what do you think about Hamlin finally, you know, sort of embracing this heel role a lot more than usual? All right. Those are some big questions uh, going on the Larson part first. I think Larson should race more aggressively. I, you know, I think while he is probably pound for pound, the most talented driver in the field, even in his Chip Ganassi days, especially, but you know, we haven't seen as much with Hendrick. He can get walked over at times, and he just sort of, you know, yeah, he'll say his comments, but he'll sort of just walk away, or he won't say anything a lot of the time, and and he'll just, you know, come back the next week or whatever. Uh, I think he should race Hamlin a lot more aggressively, a lot more like Hamlin raced him. As for Hamlin embracing the heel, he embraces it to a degree, and here's what I'm saying is he complained forever about Ross Chastain's driving style, about how Chastain was plowing people over, was running them over, blah, 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 blah. And you know what? You know, in a lot of those instances, he was right. Uh, I don't personally think what Denny did was awful in the sense of like, you know, what Chase did to him or what Bubba did to Larson. It's not anywhere near that. Uh, But if Denny's going to race like that, one, he needs to just understand like, you're, you're a hypocrite in this instance. It doesn't mean you're wrong in this. You know, you might have just been a hypocrite from what you said before. Um, but it, it's it's just he doesn't own it. No one no one owns anything. And NASCAR did put the drivers, I think, in a bit of a box with this because of you know you can't admit anything. Uh, but I you know to, at least from what they would think. Uh, but I think this is something where it's like, yeah, I, I raced him hard. I touched him. Like, if you notice, his story's been changing all week. It went from I didn't touch him to maybe we touched a little to there's not even a dent in the car. Yeah. We touched. Like, you touched him. Admit it. It's what happened. Own up to it and just be the villain. Because he, he did. A, he, he does a great job at it. I mean, you remember, was mm-hmm. it last year when he got out of the car and he's just like, yeah, like, just own it, man. Piss him off. Uh, you know, you, you knew that you pissed off all the fans when you parked all the way towards pit road instead of getting the checkered flag. So just go. With yeah, it. like the, yeah, I, well. I, I personally, you know, I don't care really either way. I kind of I, you know, I like Denny as a person, as a personality. Um, I don't care the way as a driver. You know, if, if you ran someone over, especially a hero of the sport, you know, someone a, mo- a lot of fans like just own it, man. Be like Kyle Busch. Yeah. So, uh, so I know I asked you those two main questions, but I wanted, um, I wanted to ask you these questions before we move on. And also Jared, uh, you won the poll. So, uh, or the, uh, the hottest take segment. So, uh, congrats. Um, so I'll ask you this Jared, and then I'll ask, um, Eric and Danny this. So, um, I don't know, like, do you think it was a dirty move? Uh, and I mean, and you already, well, you already answered the, uh, the other question about Larson. Yeah. 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 So, I think it's okay. borderline. Uh, you know, I, could he get into more room? Yes. Did Larson deserve that? I don't think so, because unlike Chastain, Chastain raced Denny way too hard for, what, six months constantly? I mean, to the point mm-hmm. where Denny and Chase put down their differences to go after him. <laughs> uh, Larson has more or less been just, you know, the innocent bystander in two of them. He Do I think Larson would have done the same? I mean, you did the same to Chastain at Darlington. Uh, people forget when that wreck with Truex happened. 
he did the exact same thing to Chastain. So I'm not going to say that Larson is is innocent by any means of doing something like this. Um, it's just, again, I think it's the context of it. If Denny is going to preach about driver etiquette, he needs to set an example. And that is probably the poorest example he could set. Mm-hmm. All right, Danny, yeah. we'll start with you. Um, do you think, uh, did you think it was a uh, dirty move? And do you think um, uh, Kyle Larson should race him differently? Kyle Larson should definitely race him differently. Um, but do I think it was dirty per se? Mate. He didn't have to push it as much, but he didn't also just run him straight into the wall. He definitely didn't give him enough room, but also, I don't know. I don't think it's dirty per se, but it definitely wasn't cool. Things aren't good between them, and he shouldn't expect any slack from Larson if he's not going to give him any slack. Mm -hmm. Eric? I think it was dirty. I, I don't like, to me, if you're going to, I get putting someone in a compromised position, but in the case of this instant, Larson had the lead. Hamlin was like this far behind, this far, I'm showing my hands, this far behind him, throttles up in the middle of the corner and basically slides up into a space that Kyle Larson, the leader already occupied. And, and he made contact with him, which ultimately sent Larson into the wall. Like he made a move that Kyle Larson had no fair chance to defend. It's not on Kyle Larson to lift. That's not, that's not the onus should not be on Larson to lift there. Hamlin, the guy who does not have the spot is the one who's supposed to lift. So it was a dirty move. But like you guys said, Larson has done the same thing in the past. A lot of drivers have done the same thing in the past. It's just kind of how you race with this car. So I don't hate the move. I certainly wouldn't go out afterwards and talk about how, you know, oh, there's nothing wrong with it. That's not true. Mm. My concern is that I'm not convinced Hamlin believes there was anything wrong with that move. And if somebody, if if Larson were to do the same thing back to him in the next couple weeks, I'm not convinced Hamlin wouldn't lose his mind. Like, you know, Hamlin Mm. and, and granted what happened at Martinsville between him and Bowman was a little bit different. I think Bowman, you know, just missed the corner, just completely spun him out. But in both cases, Larson's day was ruined at Pocono. Hamlin's day was ruined at Martinsville when they both had a good shot at the win. And we saw how Hamlin reacted at Martinsville. He was not happy that he got roughed up for a win. And so I'd, I'd like to think that if Larson gets him back in the next couple of weeks, Hamlin would you know, be the bigger man and say, yeah, okay. You know, I used him up a little at Pocono. Fair enough that he got me back here. But I, I don't know. Denny Hamlin has never really been consistent on anything. So I don't know how Hamlin's going to be going to react to that kind of uh, retaliation. So um, we'll see. If I was a race car driver, I would do everything in my power to not race that way. But, you know, Martin Truex Jr. said it afterwards. He's the kind of guy who races clean. Maybe that's why Hamlin won and Truex did not. That's, you know, he's got a point. But I, I'll, I'll say this. If I'm Larson, don't get him back this week. Don't get him back yeah, in the next I, five it, weeks. I'm, I was about to ask you this, guys, this, and just answer as uh, quickly as possible. I mean, when's the uh, the best time to get uh, uh, for uh, Larson to get him back? Roll I mean, like, does he get? Yeah, so, so basically in the playoffs. No, no, not playoffs. just in the playoffs. Oh. When it matters most. Ah. When it matters most is it, like you don't. And, and I said this on my post race stream. You don't have to wreck him. You know, it could even be Talladega. You could just leave him out to dry with like three to go when he tries to make a move. Let him mm-hmm. fall back. Mm-hmm. Third if, if if even you know that's kind of lighter, but. Make make his entire life heck for the playoffs. Like if we're at Bristol, don't give him any room there. Mm-mm. Yeah, and and, and aren't they? To, to and, Kevin and, Harvick. Yeah, 
Yeah, and the funniest part about this, aren't they like good friends too? Like, isn't that the funny part? Supposedly. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's very, very interesting. Well, I, I saw. I think it was Dale Jr. talking about it. It's like you can be friends with somebody and hate their ass mm-hmm. on the track. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. Well, Gordon and Earnhardt, that, uh, business-wise, they were they got along great and were pretty good friends. But when they were driving, they hated each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, I, the chat seems to agree with y'all. 77% are saying uh, Hamlin's move was dirty. So they've established that. Already. I just think if like, I like using the word dirty, it's like, you know, like using the word hate. It's a very strong word, you know, <laughs> uh, but I would say it crossed. It slightly crossed the line of what I would consider to be fair, but hard racing versus unfair hard racing. I think it was more unfair than fair. That's why I say dirty. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah. So you would think so, like, if that were the only controversy, that'd be, you know, a lot to, you know, to digest. But, man, we're just getting started here because this Pocono race. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, man, didn't, is... didn't last week I was like, when's Ryan Priest going to stand up for himself? He oh, did say that. <laughs> yeah, he did. Finally, he finally did it because, OK, so we can kind of talk about two different topics, I guess, with this. We can talk about uh, the Ryan Priest versus LaJoy incident and what y'all um, um what your guys' thoughts were on the whole caution ordeal. Um, So we had Priest versus LaJoy. Ryan Priest uh, apparently got turned by LaJoy uh, um, with uh, two laps to go coming to the white flag. Uh, so uh, this was coming off of turn two, I believe. Yeah, so yeah, coming off, off the of tunnel turn. turn. So yeah, off the tunnel turn, and unfortunately, uh, Priest could not get the car refired. It was looking like he um, it was rolling for a little bit, but then it just stalled out. And this is where the other topic comes in because coming to the line, the flagman at first he's waving the yellow, but then quickly rescinded it and brought the white out before Hamlin hit the line. So. That definitely tells me that definitely the race control wanted to try and get the race fit. Um, uh, wanted yeah. to try and get the race over with, but unfortunately, Priest could not get the car started. Therefore, the caution came out. If that flagman already had that yellow flag in his hand and out, then there should have been no taking it back. Yeah. So, well, I, so I, I'm, the flag doesn't okay. set the race though, or the caution. Uh, it. it because there's been times where the flag will come out after the light or the light will come out. I mean, we had this whole deal in 2015 at Talladega to end the race where the, he's not throwing the, the caution, Junior's in the lead. And it's like, well, you know, the, the, the light was on. You know, mm-hmm. So my, I, I guess if I want to, I'll just jump into this. Like for me, I just wish NASCAR would have said, hey, you know, we thought he'd keep rolling. Let, let it, we told him to let it keep going. Uh, the flag man jumped it or whatever. Or, or just come out and say, oh, you know, we... We screwed up because my thing is, it, see, it's it, it's a lose lose in my opinion. Because uh, if they throw the caution, people are thinking that they're doing it all for entertainment to get a finish in. They don't throw the caution, and he sits there, and well, then we see what happened on Sunday. Uh, I I still kind of lean towards, especially after all the caution issues they've had, and they've cleaned it up a lot in the last year or so. I still lean towards playing it safe just because he did spin across the track in front of cars. Um, it's not, it's not something I'm going to like lose sleep over compared to any other kind of controversy. But if, if I, if I guess taking it back, I would have rather them bit the bullet and ride one more attempt at it just to be safe. Cause he was sitting there and they didn't throw the caution until the leaders were damn near in the tunnel turn, which mm-hmm. is even in my opinion, even more dangerous. Yeah, they were trying their best because, like, look, I, I'll, I'll say this, and shout out to IDK player. He's really changed my perspective on the whole officiating calls deal. And I know it's just iRacing, but, like, 
you know, like if there's like a single car spin, he never calls a caution. And, and you know, I, I feel like, you know, NASCAR is starting to be, you know, a lot more similar and stuff. But I'll tell you what, yeah. you, you can't win, like even even in iRacing, you cannot win as somebody calling a caution as a race official. It sucks. No. Yeah. So basically it's a lose lose with this one. I thought they made the right call because, I mean, obviously Priest was there and stuff. And I, I, I mean, like and again, they probably thought that Priest was eventually going to get refired and, you know, just, you know, coast on to the pit area, but it never happened. So, uh, Eric, what, what were your thoughts on that whole deal? I, I mean, I think similar to Jared, honestly, I, you know, I think they probably should have thrown the caution when he went spinning. Cause he, he they were running pretty far on the back, but he did spin in front of a half a dozen cars and yeah, he was off track out of the groove pretty quickly, but they probably should have thrown a yellow, but we've seen this happen. Uh, I think you guys said more so this year than I feel like in years past, they've started to let those overtime or, you know, final restart yellows. They've held it. They've let them, they've let them play a little bit more than maybe in years past. And, you know, so I don't hate it. I I, I think the no caution call was all right. I, I get like Jared said, I'm not really going to lose sleep over it. Um, they had to throw the caution on the last lap because for some reason his car just didn't go. He was stalled out. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it, it is what it is. I, people are really angry about it. I think they were more upset with how Hamlin raced mm-hmm. Larson, like the booze in the crowd, I think were because Hamlin won more was, so than how NASCAR <laughs> called it, but it was, maybe I'm wrong. I wasn't there. So. It reminds me of Jeff Burton. Jeff Burton's like, guys, you got to understand at home, NASCAR made the right call. And, and <laughs> yeah. then you hear Dale Jr. go, I don't think that's what they're mad about there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I would agree with Dale Jr. <laughs> Damn. Oh no! I, I think they pretty much said it all. I, I, at first, I was like, I don't know if they're booing Hamlin or the call. Mm. I mean, I was, I was kind of mad about the call, but then I was like, no, they're definitely mad at Hamlin about this. <laughs> yeah, I just and I, that. You know, I don't think that's what they're mad about there, buddy. Like, yeah, like you know, give Chase Elliott his credit for being you know voted NASCAR's most popular driver. But Kyle Larson is pretty dang popular, and they will let you know mm-hmm. when they've had enough of it. Oh, no, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, no, but yeah. So that was a you know that was a bit of a controversy, and uh, according to the chat, sixty percent believe it's a bad call. But I mean, at least forty percent think it's a good call. So I mean, still I debatable. I think we agree that in you know they probably should have thrown the caution, but it's I, I'm not like angry they didn't. I guess is what I the way I feel about it. Right, and. And then, of course, the whole uh, post-race thing. And shout out to NASCAR for putting cameras everywhere because now we can't miss a beat because afterwards, Ryan Priest just walks, or no, doesn't walk, he runs over Speed to uh, Corey LaJoy and stuff. He's like, you piece of shit, you piece of bleep, you piece of shit. Like, you're a piece of... And, oh, my gosh. And then freaking LaJoy's trying to get out and stuff. And uh, no, it's, 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 it's the way LaJoy justified it I loved. Oh wait, how did he just say home? What did he say? I didn't I didn't hear what he said. He was protecting his eyes, he said. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's like, I put my visor down just in case you want to go. Oh. <laughs> that's funny. That's oh, that's great. Uh, at least you can find humor in it. Gosh, Spencer in the chat says battle of mid. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I because mean, they were literally uh, battling for 20th place. So yeah. like yeah, middle middle of the pack. <laughs> I that, that wasn't the only uh mid guy who won the battle that day. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Again, so much controversy, bro. We got so much controversy that happened. So Austin Dillon's had a pretty tough year. I mean, credit, give him credit. He brought Kyle Busch in. But now Kyle Busch is, you know, clearly the top guy. He's always Austin- being upstaged by the eight car. Yeah. Give Austin Dillon executive of the year honor. Yeah. No, <laughs> Austin as- Dillon's okay. season highlight is being overshadowed. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and it's. Uh, and he can't catch a break, man. And look, I'm not one of these fans that's like, oh, Austin Dillon sucks. He really doesn't. I mean, I know he only has, two, um, um, he only has three career wins, but 
He's made the playoffs multiple, like five times, I think. So he's not terrible, but he's been awful this year, though, to say the least. And it continued when Tyler Reddick, uh, you know, just uh, punted him, basically entering turn one. Um, Did he, though? But then... Wait, well, it, well, I don't know. It looked like that, at least from the replay I saw. But Or did he turn down on him? Yeah. I, I think it was a little bit of both. That's the way I saw it. A little bit of both. I don't know. Okay. Then we can, yeah, we can just say a little bit of both then. Um, but afterwards, <laughs> as they were coming back around, Austin Dillon's walking over uh, back on the racing surface and then proceeds to throw his helmet and completely miss the 45. Now, 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 uh, now I'll say this. Um, if you saw my uh, swinging over the weekend, I definitely would have uh, swung at that one for sure. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that one. but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, yeah. you know, it um, makes you but, appreciate like Tony Stewart yeah. in 2012, the strike he threw that mm-hmm. nailed Kenseth straight on the like that was precise. The... That was yeah. precise. It man. makes you respect so, that. It, it looks a lot more. harder. It looks a lot yeah. harder than you than you and, think too. I, I don't want to. De- I'm not going to defend the throw. It was completely off. It was it was as bad as this season has been, but. It was a Carly Ray Jepsen first pitch uh, type throw. <laughs> yeah, he was he was throwing uphill. I know Pocono is a flat track, but it is like I, it is harder to throw uphill. Um, yeah. But yeah. honestly, I think that, uh, that that's the symbolic. That's a symbol. That's the symbol of his twenty twenty three season. I'd say it's an expensive throw too. These helmets are like at least a few thousand dollars. Oh, three he's or four got it. Dylan's fine. He's got it. I'm just saying. Dude, this would have yeah. been the perfect season for his crappy reality show. Oh, I know, dude. Yeah, <laughs> this would have been great. Yeah, this no, would have been great. No. <laughs> uh, I love Danny delivers tweets all the time, but the one that was my favorite over the, over the weekend was he's like, it's like, bro's mad that his show got canceled. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> clearly mad his show got Robbie canceled. Robbie Gordon, wherever you are, we salute you for your helmet throw. Seriously, yeah, but... Hey, man, it's been a tough year for Dylan. I mean, you know, it's understandable that he's frustrated. I mean, like, I remember when, you know, Cendric, him and Cendric had that deal at Gateway. He was immediately blaming him and stuff. And I don't know, like, all the wrecks clearly haven't been his fault. But still, like, you know, he's running in the back. And he's just been way, way off this year, unfortunately. So we'll see if he turns it around. Um, Awful, Marlon. Yeah. Um, But the next guy, this 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 was funny. This is clearly the greatest soundbite of his career. Joey Logano. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, um, so Eric, you had mentioned him earlier. So what was the whole deal with him in stage one? I didn't watch the race on the plane until the beginning of stage two. So you said there well, was some strategy call that put him. In yeah. The he won stage one. So he pitted after the stage, um, and restarted, you know, mid pack somewhere. And then I don't remember who, what exactly it was just a weird restart guys going for different lanes. You know, they fan out and he kind of just gets clipped and ends up whoops, spinning out. And, you know, Suarez also got spun out on that same wreck. I think it was kind of two separate incidents, though. But, okay. Um, but that ended his race. And then, yeah, he had a bunch of flat tires uh, and couldn't drive back. And you guys also <laughs> heard the clip he, of him uh, just yelling at the... Uh, I, when I first heard the clip, I, like, thought for a second, because, again, I was watching on my phone. So I, I then, you know, closed out of the race for a few minutes, went to Twitter and saw that clip. And I thought it was him yelling at his pit crew at first. And I thought, well, why are you really chewing out his pit crew? Like, that's not great for morale. That's not good. And then I like looked again. I'm like, oh, no, that's the the, the, the safety workers. He's mad at how they're towing his 
car. Well, no, well, no, he was mad because they weren't because like, and, and yeah. the funniest part to me, the most underrated part about that soundbite to me was he was yeah, he's like, hey, come here. And the official's like, what do you want? What do you want? What yeah. do you want? Like, like, like he wants a tote bag. I just, yeah, I love that. Hey, hey, come here, come here. And I just, like, what do you I, want? I, I, like Joey Logano just yelling at you to come here, like snarling at you. Yeah. It's not something I would have ever and, thought I'd see or hear. And then he goes, you stupid sons of yeah. Oh man. Well, I was looking in the, the chat and Starshine 5 in the chat says Joey got possessed by Gordon Ramsay for a few seconds. <laughs> <laughs> because look, I mean, Legato's like, I mean, we've seen him like, you know, mad at other drivers, but like, I don't think we've ever heard him like yell like that. Now, look, it's understandable because look, it's hot as hell in that race car. He just got taken out. He was running up front. He's frustrated. And, and, you know, he thought he would get an, um, an immediate toe as well. So like, I don't know. So, um, um, so, uh, for some people to say like, oh, he should have been nicer, blah, blah, blah. Like, like, dude, like it's the heat of the moment. Like, you know, I like give the guy a break, man. Like, it's not like he said anything like personal. He's just like, yo, like get the damn toe thing. Like, let's, you let's call go. them all stupid SOBs. I mean, I guess it's not personal but it's, it's, it's ugly. i don't know like even though he said that i don't i still can't take him that serious bro i don't i don't know why it's just, maybe it's the voice i don't know maybe it's just I, you know because like i don't yeah exactly like the face and shit like i don't know i just i even though he was like cussing at him i was like this is funny like i don't know i just gonna take it serious so. joey 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 I wonder, yeah, she gonna make a, another song? No, no, <laughs> no, the explicit version. That'll be a uh, throwback song to be kind of like Alanis Morris said about Joey. Uh, oh man, but yeah, no. So that was, uh, I mean, so basically that pretty much all the controversy we had. Um, unless gotta, I'm missing anything, is there is is there anything else like that? Just gotta talk about the playoff picture, I think. Yeah. Well, and really well, quick, shout out yeah. to Pocono, like you talked about. They said it was mm-hmm. like the biggest crowd in almost 15 years. So I went back to look at it because some people were saying there were okay. only 50,000 there. And I'm like, that doesn't seem right. What? That doesn't seem right. So I went you back. You include the massive campgrounds, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, shout out to NASCAR Man for an awesome tweet showing the difference between now and 2019. Uh, but I went back uh, I because, because, of course, I have all of it to look at the attendance for Pocono in 2010, because they said it was the largest in spring of 2010. Uh, And that race had 105,000 people at it, meaning Mm. if they said it was more than the fall one, that race had 100,000 at it. So, But I thought NASCAR was dying, though. I thought it was dead. Uh, there'll, there'll be a reason next week to find out. You know, the, yeah. There, there's, there might be rain in the forecast for Richmond. It's NASCAR's oh. fault. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, I'm looking at oh. this NASCAR, man. I don't know how I missed this on Sunday. You're right. It's like, it's like a truck series crowd on the left and a cup, like, you know, a, a heyday cup series mm-hmm. crowd on the right. Difference between 2019 and 2023. That's insane. Hey, wow. but that's, that what also makes a difference is because Pocono was one of those tracks that did you know, um, they uh, lost uh, one of their cup dates. So, yeah. hey, this is just one of those tracks that's uh, benefiting from that. I mean, we've seen it all year, I feel like, with these tracks. I mean, New Hampshire and now Pocono. I mean, they're starting to benefit from this, too. Yeah. So, you know what? Perhaps, you know, we should have, you know, some uh, certain tracks need to have only one date. And definitely Pocono is one of them. And it's paying off. But, uh, but yeah, so the uh, now to the playoffs, the playoff cut line. Pocono changed up uh, quite uh, changed up the... Um, um, the point differentials quite a bit now as far as the uh, cut line dri- uh, the um the um the cut line drivers having issues 
Daniel Suarez wrecked along with Joey Logano on that insane restart. I think they were going like six, seven wide, it looked like on the replay. Insane stuff. Unfortunately, got collected. And Alex Bowman was on track to a potential top five finish, but then gets spun out. So he hadn't, had that, he hadn't had that good of a day in a long time. So. Yeah. yeah. Danny, when was the last time he's had a top five this season? Do you remember? Or I, I don't remember. Even. Okay. Okay. So it's been, it basically it's been forever. <laughs> if he doesn't remember, it's been forever, unfortunately. But now it has changed up the, uh, the playoff order. Well, not, um, I wouldn't, well, not necessarily as much the, uh, the playoff order, but the, uh, the point differentials for sure. Now, Bubba Wallace has an even bigger gap now. He is plus 27 above the cut line in 15th. And all hail McDowell supremacy. Michael McDowell, 16th, straight up on points. He's plus 17 above the cut line. Below the cut line since AJ Allmendinger, obviously minus 17. Now Daniel Suarez is minus 23 in 18th. In 19th, coming off of a stellar top five and a stellar pose, might I add, Ty Gibbs, uh, <laughs> Minus 28, which, by the way, NASCAR deleted that tweet, by the way. I guess because getting roasted or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then in 20th, Alex Bowman, minus 46. And finally, 21st is Chase Elliott, minus 56. Now, those are the guys who are within a race of points. The guys below them will obviously need a win at this point. But, fellas, Eric, I'll start off with you, man. I just read off the uh, the playoff uh, um, the um, the playoff cut line situation. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, man? I mean, like, look, Bubba Wallace—he's now he has a much bigger gap, but we could get a, a we um could uh potentially get a new winner here, though. So he could, yeah. I think you know, new winners aside, which we have road courses and Daytona coming up, anything's possible. But Bubba Wallace is in a great spot, uh, considering you know he's done well at the tracks he needs to do well at. He's got Richmond this weekend, which is good for Toyota, and he's got Michigan in a couple weeks, which I think should be good for him. But he needs to pad points because there's also Watkins Glen in Indianapolis, where I don't expect much from Bubba. So plus 27 for him, I'm feeling a little bit better. McDowell versus Almondinger for that final spot. Yeah, there's a 17 point gap, but they're both. They're both very similar. They're both great road course racers. Almondinger is probably a little bit better, but McDowell's a better, you know, kind of more well-rounded driver. He finished sixth at Richmond earlier this year. That's coming up this weekend. So I think those two will be really interesting. If there's no new winners, and we're just talking about who can get some top fives, top tens, get points, Almondinger versus McDowell for that final spot will be very interesting. Uh, Daniel Suarez minus 23, obviously, is a big disappointment. He was minus one, uh, gets stuck back in traffic there, gets caught up in that wreck, just 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 a bad break. I mean, you make your own luck. They made the strategy. They they made them you know, they put themselves back there, I suppose. But gosh, you hate to see yourself get taken out. Ty Gibbs, he's minus 28. He's a rookie. I don't expect him to charge in forward and make the playoffs, but he did just get his first top five. So anything's possible. And then Bowman, Elliott, I think they need to win. And I don't think Bowman wins a race. That Pocono speed was the best speed he's had probably since the first month of the season. Um, but, you know, I got to see him do it twice before I'm a true believer. Chase Elliott only gained like four points on the cut line. I, I, I just, I think they are now in must-win territory. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just kind of rattled through everybody there. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like steal everyone. Oh, no, no, that, no. That's, no right. that's perfect. It, that's perfect. It, it, I want just, everybody to do that. Yeah, go for it. it you just handled it all. We're, we're done. <laughs> see you next Danny, week. <laughs> Danny, what do you think, though? What are your thoughts on it? Um, no, I, back to what Eric said, I think that was the best speed that Alex Bowman's had all season. Um, I think Michigan could be one that's good. Yeah, I did, you know, I know he's won at Richmond, but I didn't realize like his stats are actually pretty good for Richmond. He's got a poll here before, he's got like three top tens in the last five races. So this is a good track for him statistically, but 
Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with him. Um, Chase Elliott still got, you know, has a chance on road course. I think Watkins Glen has definitely got to be circled under radar right now. Um, Ty Gibbs showing improvement. Suarez has continued to drop off, in my opinion. Um, and then AJ, AJ, I'm, I'm, I'm not so sure, you know, what his focus is right now. Obviously, not doing the practice and stuff has me a little concerned about him. But, um, you know, I, I'm starting to feel like who we have in could be all that we have unless we get an Elliott winning at Watkins Glen or something. But the props to Michael McDowell. I thought he was going to be just hanging on there, but he continues to make that gap uh, grow a little bit. Yep. Jared? Well, for what it matters, and it probably won't because he's pretty much insured in already, um, just for the three above, uh, Kevin Harvick could lock in by like halfway through the Michigan race. Uh, I just want to say that. uh, And I believe for uh, Indianapolis could lock in the other two, Butcher and and Keselowski. So even unless we have a ton of winners, but I don't think we're going to. When it comes to the cut line, though, for me, I'm still, I think it's a battle for 15. Uh, I think that right now Bubba is in a really good place being 10 points above McDowell. From there... I will say Almondinger. I I think I don't think Watkins Glen is the one to look ahead to. I think Indy is his his one big shot at a win, and that's a crapshoot. I think that's more of a crapshoot than Daytona at this point because at least at Daytona you have a fast enough car. You work together with people. You can stay out of trouble for the most part. Because Indy, we got SVG coming back, and he could go two for two. Yeah. Well, and and you know that turn one. You know, Joey Logano can hmm. come from four rows back and take you out. So <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm sorry. Like he's he's, he's gonna have a driver. I'm not gonna let that that uh, slide away. But when I when I look at it right now, I, uh, I mean, obviously it's a must win just to to ensure and all that. But I would say Suarez on down. I think is must must win. I think Almendinger <laughs> not yet. Uh, just because he's close enough, just in case. But it's just the 34 and the 23 are doing just enough right now. Uh, and, you know, we'll rip on Bubba Wallace's road course prowess, but didn't he get a top five in Indy last year? He did, yeah. A lot well, of chaos happened, but he still got it. But you you mentioned Suarez. I, I feel like Trackhouse as a whole has gone down since that Nashville win for Ross. Because where's Ross been these last few weeks? Yeah. Chilling. Yeah, there's... Yeah, I mean, really, outside the Nashville win, yeah, he's just been chilling, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. And I asked the chat, they thought we would get a brand-new winner below the cut line right now. 75% of them agreed. And then now I asked them a new question. Do Bubba and McDowell make it in? And uh, 53% are saying, yeah. They feel like right now it will stay as is. I'm shocked. Now 46% are saying no. If you Uh, had to ask me right now, I do think so. Uh, And I'll I'll say this. I don't... I don't think Chase will be bad at Watkins Glen, uh, but Chase is not the king of the road courses in the next gen. He, he's not at this point. Like, has he won a road course race in the next gen? I think he could I don't think so. win one this so. year. But if I, unless I'm remembering it wrong, it's been a long time since he's won on a road course. Uh, and, and there's plenty of really good road course drivers too. Uh, so. I know he could have won last year. I know he will be one of the favorites, but this is not a slam dunk the way it used to be. Uh, the, the, Chase Elliott's. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought oh, you no, finished. My bad. Chase Elliott's last road course win was uh, Road America 2021. We were there. 
Mm-hmm. We're at his last win. Wow, his last road course win. At but least. you're right. He was he was the dominant car at Watkins Glen last year and got you know beat in the last restart. But it's 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 not a done deal. Uh, I see all these people are like, we still got Watkins Glen in Daytona. I'm like, yeah, but there's some pretty darn good drivers that are going to mm-hmm. be in the field the road course race. I know Chase should be one of the favorites, but he's not the absolute favorite. And if he does not win that, and you're hoping Daytona right. is your way in. Uh, just ask Jimmy Johnson how that really works. <laughs> right. Uh, but Eric, uh, I mean, like the way it is now, I mean, do you think Bubba and McDowell, like they're just going to hold 15th and 16th the rest of the way? Man, so uh, I think Bubba has the speed to get in. And I, I do, you know, I worry about the road courses, but I think he'll be fine. I think he's padded his lead enough. McDowell is a better driver than Bubba Wallace right now. They just don't make the same, like he doesn't have the same speed as Bubba, but he's, it doesn't make seemingly as many mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I still believe Chase Elliott's going to win Watkins Glen or Daytona. I'm I'm just, I, I'm going to say, I think he wins until Watkins Glen is over. I'm going to say that Chase Elliott still has a slightly better chance of making the playoffs than missing at this point. Um, so I, I, right now I'd lean towards Bubba and Chase getting those last two spots. But that's why I said, if Elliott doesn't win Watkins Glen, It'll be really interesting. Like I, we need to watch Almendinger versus McDowell because that is a very interesting battle between two very similar drivers and cars. And Danny, yeah, go oh, for go, it. Ahead, go ahead, go ahead, oh, go for it. Um, yeah, it's a, right. I'm kind of like Eric. I think I think Elliot's the only one that has a feasible, you know, chance of winning a race. I don't see AJ doing it this year. Um, Suarez, I think, will win a race, but I don't know if it'll be in the Play. I don't know if it'll be before the playoffs, um, and I, I don't. I'm not convinced that Gibbs or Bowman gets a win this year. Okay. With, but, yeah. with, with Chase, for me, it's just I don't. I can't put my finger on it because statistically, he's been good, and yeah. and he's he's gotten good finishes. Maybe not gotten the stage points. I can't put my finger on what it is, but there's something just a little bit off. And I know he had the injury. I know the season's a weird one. <laughs> But I don't think that necessarily would affect the performance into the summer. There, I, I just I don't know what it is, and I've seen other Elliott fans say it. I know we have people saying like "fire Allen Gustafson." No, 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 that's too but much. The driver I'm really watching when it comes to how they're going to react again, and I, I'll say it again, and I'll say it every week till he's locked in. Bubba Wallace going through the pressure cooker of making it in, having the spot, and having now to defend. Against some, I'd say some still pretty good drivers. I think Ty Gibbs is only going to get better. Uh, I think that Michael McDowell, like Eric was saying, I think out of those drivers we talk about so far has been the best overall driver for what he's been given this year. Uh, in and 27 points, one with a win can go down to 10 points. And mm-hmm. then we saw this weekend with Daniel Suarez can go to out of the top 16. Uh, so I, I'm going to be very interested to watch Bubba Wallace and how he responds to this because if he responds well and excels in this kind of situation, I think it's a growth as a driver we're seeing. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, it's your three. Got to make the playoffs eventually. And the chat seems to think he will because um, I asked them the question, do Bubba and, and McDowell make it in? 59% of y'all say yes. 41% say no. So, yeah. Very uh, extremely debatable for sure, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Definitely one of the uh, best playoff cut line races we've had 
in quite some time for sure. And we'll see what happens. I mean, just the fact that half of Hendrick Motorsports is still below the playoff cut line, that wasn't on the bingo card for sure. So definitely uh, through uh, some of our uh, playoff predictions uh, for aloof, unfortunately. But we'll go over those once the playoffs begin. But now, moving on, let's go over the TV ratings. And fellas, oh my goodness. <clears throat> Talk about... You know, uh, on the up and up, man, at the beginning of the season, we were like, hey, what's going on here? We had the Chase Elliott injury and it was looking like the TV ratings were on the rocks. But now, you know, we're, you know, well into the summer stretch and they're starting to go up for uh, certain tracks. And uh, Pocono was really eye opening. So the uh, the rating was a one point six rating with uh, just a little over two point eight million viewers. And the ratings were up two point five percent while the viewership was up 8%, and then 23% of the audience was in the key demographic and oh. was the and was the most watched Pocono race in six years since 2017. And we all know that was Junior's farewell season. So when we go back to, you know, ratings as far as, you know, that, as far as 2017, that's a major W in my opinion. So uh, I, don't, I don't know, just uh, I guess we can briefly talk about it. Just Eric, I mean, what do you think has uh, has um, what do you think? Um, what do you think the reason is for the uh, uh, ratings resurgence we've uh, started to see? I I I don't know. That's a tough question. I think the racing has just been good consistently. I think maybe some of this is the post Chicago effect. We've had a lot of rain and delays and postponements the last few weeks. So we finally had a race mm-hmm. run as scheduled. No weather concerns. I think that helps as well. Um, the 23% in the key demo, that being a few percentage points higher than usual is eye opening to me. Um, I also think NBC just gets credit for this. I mean, like by the end of Fox's portion of the schedule, I was like, you know, Fox is fine. They're decent. They're okay. I don't know what it is. I, I feel like I just one day needed to sit back and study for a weekend or a week at like the difference between the two, because NBC just, I just like it more. It's just way better. The NBC broadcast is far and away better than Fox's. And I can't like, I can't entirely pin down why, like I like Mike joy more than Rick Allen. And that's a huge component. Yet the NBC broadcast is just way better. They tell the story better. The tone is way better. The intensity is there. I don't know what it is. Maybe viewers are finally just saying, Hey, we, there's a difference between Fox and NBC and we can tell. It's, it's clearly because of Jeff Burton has to be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because of Jeff. But I mean, NBC has a way of just keeping you sucked in. Like, I mean, like, I mean, for Pocono, obviously there were parts of the race where you couldn't pass. It was straight up single file. But the entire time, the way they present it, the way they talk about it, just like, oh, I, I can't leave. Like something might happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why well, I think I, that's one of the major reasons, I think, too. I, I think that's part of it. And I think part of it, too, even though the last two races, I would say Pocono, even with how good I think it has been, is still not seen as a great sell, a great ticket, a great watch yet going to take a little longer for that reputation to build up more um same with new hampshire but you look at the three races before nashville as the premiere on big nbc chicago and then a super speedway i think the opening three weeks of the schedule because while i will say viewers a lot of times no matter the platform will not pay attention as much when like you put it right in front of them this is this day unless it's all over the place all the time uh But those three races, I think, one, all three of them were viewed as very good races. I would say probably all three of them were very good races. All three of them had pretty good viewership for what they were dealt with. 
Uh, all three of them had excellent, excellent coverage because I think NBC came in with a game plan. They knew if you knock these three out of the park right away, it's a system reset uh, because we see at the start of the year. If you screw up with the Daytona 500, whether it's weather or bad coverage, the entire first half of the season is screwed. And you saw it this mm-hmm. year. Uh, I think NBC is taking a bit of a different approach, and I think it's working. I, I think it's working because you you have it set up three big markets right off the bat, three interesting different tracks on big NBC and then USA. Your first USA race is a super speedway race at a track that has been bringing in good ratings for the most part. I th- I think that this is just a network that has done their homework. That's what I think it is. The plan was simple. Don't be Fox Sports. There you go. All right. <laughs> One, two, three, NBC. There you go. <laughs> the simple game plan. But uh, yeah. But um, Danny, any final thoughts on that or no? Yeah. yeah. No, NBC's killing it. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely one of the reasons. And hopefully someday, Lord willing, that hopefully NBC gets the Daytona 500, the Speed Week coverage. Hopefully, but I don't, I don't know if that'll ever happen. Um, we'll see. Be hopeful, but I'm not, yeah. I'm not banking on it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's one portion of the ratings we did where um, we uh, just discussed. But the other portion are our own rating segment. Uh, up next, we have the poll, the famous iceberg poll on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. For this poll, I think without question, this m- definitely the most positive Pocono race, I think, for sure. Um, 22% of y'all thought this was a great race. 54% thought it was good, leaving the net positivity at 76%. Uh, 15% of y'all thought this was average. 4% uh, thought it was below average. And 6% thought it was bad leaving it at a 10% net uh, net negative. So a uh, very interesting poll. But uh, let's go to the comments, Jared. Uh, what did the fans have to say? Well, the first comment was from Spencer Purcell. Was it positive, oh. negative, or meme? I'll, meme. Say, I'll say positive meme. Meme. One word to describe this race. Chaos. There you go. Eric's favorite word. That's, that's a not that's, that's, that's just a meme. It's not a positive meme. That's kind of like a negative meme. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But yeah, that's Eric's kryptonite for sure. <laughs> that word. Well, looking yeah, at, at the comments, top rated ones here. First one's from Will England, who said, that was the most temper-filled Pocono race I've ever seen. Looked like mm-hmm. a Bristol race. It it yeah. did. It did. <laughs> uh, I'm going to throw Joshua Cross says it was a good race as a Larson fan. I'm a bit disappointed, but looking forward to the playoffs. Small note, I think that may be the most angry I've ever seen Larson. See, that sounds like a base Larson fan. He was like, hey, it is what it is. It sucks, but hey, just move on. I like that. Isaac here. Hamlin not pissing off HMS drivers. Challenge, impossible. And then he put two edits. Edit one, man, Eric's parody aged like wine. And then the next edit was, JJ, what's our motto here at Hendrick Motorsports? Byron, stay away from the 11 car? Yeah, Eric, it's crazy how that's <laughs> that was a good relevant. Yeah, that was a good impression, Jerry. That was a good one. That was very, very well done. I've seen yeah. that clip about 20 times. So many times. It does come up in years, my replies. Yeah, quite, yeah. I'm glad it holds up. That's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Merck says Ty Gibbs was very impressive today. First top five in his career and got closer to the cut line and he kept it cleaner than most today. Yeah. Kept it cleaner than all of his teammates. Ball, mm-hmm. ball. Yeah. <laughs> <his> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, Need for Speed says, the best race I've ever seen in person. The only bad thing about it was the officiating at the end. Nine out of ten. Fair okay. enough. Yeah, so close to perfect with the officiating errors. So. Willie B Nation says, was an epic race. Even more crazy being there in person to see it all. Uh, That's awesome. Let's see what else we got here. A little further down. Uh, Rick says, man, the drama, the intrigue, the speed. What more can you ask for? <laughs> Gosh, Jesus. <laughs> so positive. I'm starting to, I'm almost blushing how gushing these are. Yeah. Are. <laughs> yeah. For Pocono. Uh, Eric Hoffman says, 2022 Pocono Ally 400 Bowman Rex. 2022 M&M's Fan Appreciation 400 Bush DQ'd. Uh, 2023 <laughs> High point 400 Briscoe Rex. I'm sensing a theme here. Ah, yes, yes, indeed. Indeed. Uh, Travis here here says, I was at the IndyCar race and I heard this race was crazy. Denny driving like a zero-year-old and Dylan airballs (laughs) his helmet. Yeah, I will say this. I I feel like we could have hit the 3 million mark on viewership if it wasn't head-to-head at the start with IndyCar. Oh yeah, the car was on NBC. NBC, yeah. you have both of them. Stop putting them head to head like this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gotta reschedule that. Yeah, but they had an uptick in viewership too. Yeah, F one was down. One percent. Yeah, and then F one's down. So yeah, I, I might make a video on on the uh, F one American bubble. Yeah. Uh, let's go down to the gutter comments. How about that? Oh, we got to find some negative ones. There's for Pocono. a ton of comments, guys. I'm serious. Like Ooh. when I when I looked an hour after I put this up, there was like almost 500 comments. Uh, I don't get why there was nothing to talk about in this race. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got some good ones here, uh, and I can read them all. I think. Uh, so Lori and Jason Flores. Wow, a shared account. How about that? <laughs> Uh, total clown show. Uh, why pass them when you can crash them? Used to be talent in these cars, not so much anymore. Ooh. Oh, come on, man! Come on, it's the next shit. It takes uh, it takes talent. Come on, Master Coral says, still too long, boring. Apparently, he was sharing that brain cell with Lori and Jason. Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, Jonah has the bottom one here. Mediocre race. Fitting for the mediocre track. Horrible call at the end. To wait a lap and a half to throw the yellow. Hendrick fans can cry a river, though, because Larson got raced how he races everyone else. Ain't holding back. Tell us how you really feel. That's the poll. All right. And that'll do it for this edition of the poll. The famous iceberg poll on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Now, we are at the top of the hour, but before I get into Super Chats, we can get it. We can get through these other two races really quick. Uh, Xfinity and trucks. I mean, Xfinity. I, I didn't get to watch it. I was out, you know, like just you know striking out and stuff. So <laughs> getting meme. Um. So how did that race go, fellas? Anything worth talking about? Uh, just Junior Motorsports in this case. Josh Berry. Yeah. Choke, just choking. Choked on the last lap. Yeah. Sam Mayer was in the mix as well. But Austin Hill wins again. How many wins is this for Hill now? Four. 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 Five. Or five. Right? Isn't it? Five? I think he's tied it's, with John Hunter. I think they both are. Okay. Is, is he starting to seem like an Xfinity Championship Four favorite? Oh, uh, he's one of, one of them. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's been one of them. He's. I think he's now in the conversation for uh, which Cup car is he going to get next year? <laughs> That's yeah. what it sounds yeah. like. We'll, we'll get to that later on the show. But yeah. yes, it is four wins according to the chat. Yes, four wins. Okay. Yeah. 
So yeah, and then uh, I mean, that's that's about it. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I thought yeah. it was a good then, race, racing wise. It's just there were never there weren't too many big moments. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, the truck race. I mean, Kyle Busch is dominated the whole time. Or... No, 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 no. no that it was, was a... almost time time. Gosh, damn it! Oh really? Oh wow! <laughs> it was heim time until the tunnel turn or whatever. No, it was. I can't. It was a this. good duel. Uh, oh, yeah, Heim held him off for a while. It was just Bush is Kyle Bush, and when did when did when did Bush pass him though? Like on the last to go. Like, like, oh, like, like yeah. literally coming up for the tunnel turn. I think. Yep. Dang, yeah. it was I missed a lot of excitement. Then. It was Damn. textbook. Uh, to say the least, right. but but and I will say that, this: that's where experience came into it. Mm-hmm. I picked the truck race and the cup race. I finally got a cup win in the next gen era. There you so. go. Well done. And Woo. was also the 100th win ever for uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports. Yep. Yeah, long time. Yeah, that's that's big. That's big, big for them. But now I am sensing something. We've had some major, uh, some um, some weather out here recently. And uh, it's a clear day today, but today I was hearing that we were going to get a return of it. It's the lightning round on the NASCAR weekly podcast. Jarrett, what do we have on tap for tonight? Uh, A couple things. First off, Slinger, Winchester, and Kern will all be coming to iRacing. Oh, I know Eric's happy. Mm. Hey, Eric, get iRacing so you can race Slinger. You're racing the Heroes track. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You've been there. You've been there. So Uh, we can talk a little extra about this one if you want. The Nashville Fairgrounds had a meeting yesterday amongst those for and opposed to the track renovation from Bristol. There was a huge turnout on the Bristol side of things uh, from the local community uh, and it got it got crazy on social media I, your, your boy here got <laughs> amazing, a little uh, viral at one point amazing how they found tweets from 2001 i couldn't believe it yeah who knew hey i didn't know twitter was invented in 01 hey nay different hey you know now I, we know i now just <laughs> I, I find it i find it funny that the uh guy who was on the fair board who works for the company that sponsors the soccer stadium is the leader of the opposition against it. It's almost like there's a conflict of interest. It's almost like they want parking spaces for a stadium or something. Mm. Yeah. Mm. For a stadium that is definitely not going to sell out anytime soon. (laughs) Uh, if Messi comes to town, they probably will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, 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 actually, they do have pretty good crowds. I, I will, I will okay. Well, okay. it's only 30,000. I mean, <laughs> got to have it. You should be getting that sold out. Uh, a reminder, the NWP 400 will be Tuesday, August 22nd on IDK Players Channel. Uh, you'll see... Hopefully, this guy over here, birthday boy here in the race, he's got to make it. Hopefully, I make it. The duels on uh, the Friday night before. These bottom two will be in the chat, hyping y'all up and live chatting during the race. And uh, you'll you'll hear my beautiful voice along with IDK players. So that should be a lot of fun. And shout Uh, out to Coop Designs giving me a new scheme. So hopefully it makes it into the main race. So we'll see. Yeah, so let's move on now. And once again, that would do it for this edition of the Famous Lightning Round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. And now back to the show. So before we move on to the top 75 list, we have to go over some major silly season news. Now, this news began to drop a day after the podcast. Just our luck, right? Like, I wish it would have dropped Wednesday. We'd had so much to talk about. But of course, you know, Justin Haley has to announce this. So I was just scrolling on Twitter and all of a sudden I see Justin Haley signs a multi-year deal with the Rick Race. I'm like, troll immediately. So I just click on the profile and it's Bob. 
I'm like, it's about Pockers' actual account. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then I check Rick Ware Racing's Twitter. We follow each other. Thank you guys so much for, uh, you know, supporting the content over the years. I appreciate it. Thanks. Then it, it's official too. So um, Justin Haley has signed a three-year deal with uh, well, with the team. Now, at first, you know, immediately there were all the, you know, um, at first it was a huge shock, but then all career suicide, his career is over. But then you got the news that with this deal comes a technical alliance with RFK. So, fellas, Eric, I'll start off with you. With this technical alliance, do you not only think that Rick Ware Racing can eventually become a uh, a, a potential playoff team, but do you think uh, Justin Haley will be the replacement for when Brad Keselowski retires? You know, I hadn't thought about what this could mean for, you know, RFK explicitly going forward. Um, you know, I look at, you know, they already have their alliance with RFK. This is the first year of that alliance. So, you know, we've seen maybe a small uptick in speed this season. I'm hoping for a bigger step forward next season. Um, I, I guess, like I said at the beginning, I think this is a good move for Justin Haley. He didn't have sponsorship to stay at colleague. I don't think that was necessarily that that could have gotten done, but it would have taken months in this way. And this, this way he's in control of his future. He makes this decision and um, you know, they, they could build something over there. So I, I don't, you know, at the first year, it's not going to be better than what he's in now, but I think going forward, this team has potential, especially with this next gen car. Like I, I think this could be the next spire in a lot of ways, you know, three or four years ago when LaJoy went to spire, we were like, Oh, I mean, it's no better than go fast, mm-hmm. maybe even worse. And uh, and we've seen how they've turned that team around and made themselves a legit contender. It'll be tough to break into that next echelon of teams. They'll have to race with the, a Wood Brothers car, which is Penske line. They'll have to start beating the legacy cars consistently. Colleague is in that next group. It's going to be tough to break into that group, but I don't think they're as far off as people realize. Okay. Yeah, I, I think with this is you got to look at what, what they've been doing this year and I think one of the nice stories we've heard this year is Rick Ware racing with J.J. Yaley. J.J. Yaley mm-hmm. has been in the top 20 in some races off speed, uh, top 25. Now, granted, in the 36-car field, you know, you might say, oh, that's not saying much, uh, but it was only three, four years ago that we were talking about the Rick Ware cars being so bad that people were saying they need to be banned from cup races because they were so slow <laughs> with the 51, the 52, the 53, and the 54. So there's been noticeable improvement. Uh, Yaley especially. I mean, didn't he like? Didn't he start like in the top five at Bristol for the dirt race? Uh, mm-hmm. And he's run in the top 20, 25 he's more top often. Five, top five at Nashville, too, to start that race as well. Yeah, yep. so so they're, they're showing improvement with J.G. Yaley, who, no disrespect, but... I would think that Justin Haley should run better than J.J. Yaley. Now, I will say, I, I kind of hope that the teammates are Yaley and Haley. I just want to say that. No, now. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But it's not... If this team improves uh, like they say they think they can, and this alliance works, this isn't as dumb of a move as it looks. It's like a, a, a short-term loss for a long-term gain. Because, uh, I mean, you look, there's other teams. Spire. Spire's a team that we're like, oh, this is... A back marker. There'll be the last five cars every week. And now we're looking at Corey LaJoy for most of the year was top 20 in points. So yep. if it works out, it's a, I think it's a genius move because colleague has kind of stayed static. 
Uh, if it doesn't work out, it's career suicide. And Danny? Yeah, I'm I'm hopeful. I'm I'm hoping it works out good for him. I mean, he definitely brings in, you know, good super speedway prowess. And, you know, they if they get in the right car, they can work with the other Fords and, you know, potentially be up there in those races. Do I think he's going to do good at the other tracks? Yeah, not so much. But I'm, I'm really curious, like, how long, like, has Justin known, hey, you're not coming back? Because it sounds like, you know, it sounds like Colleg has known for a while that, he wasn't coming back too. So I'm curious, like how long this has been going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, I think it'll take some time. And now it's, it's a three-year contract, but at the end of the day, contracts are meant to be broken. I feel like within that three-year period, you know, here in this RFK Alliance, I am convinced that Justin Haley is going to be the eventual driver of the six once Brad Kozlowski retires. And I think um, with this three-year deal, I think we have sort of a sense of, you know, when that could come within. I mean, it could come maybe um, next year, the year after, or, you know, the I year just, after that one. I just don't know if that's the peppy. Should have let up that for your hot take, but. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But I mean, like with, with this alliance, I mean, like, I, I don't know. It just seems so random that out of, all of a sudden now RF, um, RFK and Rickware Racing are going to have this alliance. And then Justin Haley signs a multi-year contract. Like. I mean, like, who else could it be for a uh, as far as a uh, replacement for Brad Kozlowski? I don't know. I think something's already set in motion. You know, me personally, I but I, know, I could man. be wrong. It, it, it could be the case, but they also could look in free agency too. I mean, it's not like yeah. it's not like Brad's doing bad. He's thirty nine years old. He still has a driver, probably has a good four or five years left competitive wise. I I don't know about that. I mean, there's so much to change in that time. Yeah, you, you never know who would be on the table at that point. You know, there's, you know, potentially an Alex Bowman or someone like that could be looking for another place at that point. Eric, you do you, Eric, you uh, agree with them? Yeah, well, I had like I said, I hadn't really thought about how Haley could end up with RFK like long term because it is so long term. Like Brad's going to drive until he retires, and that that yeah that that could easily be six seven more years, like Jared just said. So what we know is Haley signed a multi year deal. We'll see if it works out. We'll see if Rick Ware Racing isn't able to put anything together, if this alliance ends up just not really panning out. I mean, I mean, the Wood Brothers technically have an alliance with Penske, and they suck, you know? Like, so <laughs> not all alliances result, lead to great results. So we'll see where this alliance fits in on that, you know, in that ecosystem. But but I, 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 for now, Haley's an employed driver in the NASCAR Cup Series on a team that is ascending ever so slightly. There's a wor- there's worse mm-hmm. situations to be in. Right on. So, so – question for you guys now who who ends up with colleague yep and i was just about to get to that but really quick the chat agrees with y'all because 58 percent are saying no Haley doesn't well 40 uh 42 percent say yes but uh i'll answer that first danny i austin hill to me is the clear-cut favorite right now yeah opinion. that's that's what the reports are indicating he brings some sponsorship from um i think bennett i think is it is based in georgia he's a georgia guy i don't know if there's any deeper connection there than that um and then, of course, there's United Rentals that have been with him for a while. And he's a good driver. He just won his fourth Xfinity race of the year. He is a good driver, and he's older. How not he like 29, 30 years old? Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's older than I think people realize. He's not like 25 or 23 or whatever. Like John Hunter is yeah. like in his mid-20s. He's not mid-20s. He's not like a prospect prospect. He's a little more seasoned, let's just say, than your average uh, you know, potential Cup Series rookie. So um, he's not the flashiest name. 
not the flashiest personality. He did. He does have a mean right hook. We know. Uh, but other than that, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's a talented race car driver. I like you. I think he would be, he's a good balance of talent, youth and bring some funding. So I can see why he'd be a favorite. And he's turning, he's, so he's turning 30 next year. Yeah. So uh, he's, yeah, he's 29. Okay. So I, I'd say that I would, I would put him as the favorite based on both the reports and just what's been talked about sponsor wise. Uh, I know people are, are talking SVG. I I don't know where he fits into all of this, man. That's the thing, because you're just hearing about this stuff after Chicago. Uh, and I can see teams changing stuff around if the sponsorship comes around. Uh, and that's something Call Liga said. They're open if someone wants to come for, for sponsorship. So I think that's a possibility, just maybe not for the 31. I'm not convinced AJ Allmendinger stays in cup. Long term, I'm, yeah, I, later. I could see that that colleague having complete driver turnover year over year. Yeah, there could be a reset of sorts at colleague. Like, I would not be shocked if it's SVG and Austin Hill in 2024. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's a little bit of a long shot, but we saw it. We heard reports today. And, uh, saw the eight oh. sleuth reported that multiple teams have offered SVG a full time mm-hmm. cup ride. I would be I shocked think- if colleague hasn't had a conversation. I think AJ just seemed to fit the Xfinity series program a lot better. And I, I, you know, I could see him still stepping up and driving like their third number 13 every now and again, but I don't know if he's, you know, going to want to do the full cup schedule again. Now I wouldn't want this, but maybe a potential dark horse, you know, just a dark horse, Maybe a Chandler Smith. I doubt it, though. But I mean, you know, he has shown a little bit of promise. But I, I, I would think a, a full time riding cup is uh, pushing it, though. At the, this Just point in his career, don't think it's quite time for him. No, no, I agree. But yeah, yeah, you never know. It could be a dark horse. He's still, you know, performing somewhat well in the Xfinity series for sure. Um, now. This next one, you know, involves one of the greatest names, not just in, you know, not just in uh, NASCAR history, but in racing history in general. Uh, Andretti to NASCAR. Hmm. Now, some of y'all may have heard the Andretti to F1 rumors, but uh, F1's pretty airtight on who they allow in, who they don't. And unfortunately, they've uh, gotten. They're even struggling to sell tickets, apparently, from what I've seen. Yeah, so you know apparently, the whole honeymoon phase needs to be over. Apparently, people thing. don't want to see uh, 300 feet of a track for seven and a half grand, or a single file lap parade, or Red Bull. Just no, but you don't lap. see the parade; you just see oh yeah, 300 feet, pretty much. But anyways, yeah, Andretti. Uh, it, it's uh, rumored right now they could uh, potentially um, come into NASCAR. Andretti Inspire may take the first step in a deal. Um, Corey LaJoy already signed his extension with Spire. Uh, Inspire could merge with them or have a full rebrand. And the next uh, the next charter deal could be uh, north of $30 million. Uh, remember, Trackhouse got uh, um, Chip Ganassi Racing's charter for $40 million. Um, and also, uh, wait. Well, yeah, yeah I have, oh, I have okay. a real uh, little note here. Go um, ahead. Go ahead. I'm so sick of every time we talk about charters is coming up. Dale Jr. is not involved. So for the love of God, <laughs> can we stop asking about this? No. It's too fucking balls. 10 million. Well, That's too much for but, me. 20 million. But how does, how does JRM eventually come to come? They don't. That's That's they new, aren't. No. I'm convinced this is Dale Jr.'s new excuse. It'll just cost too much. That's his excuse. He doesn't want to come up to cup. He's never wanted he, to. And now all of a sudden trolling. when it costs too much, he says he does. No. Like it's never. Dude. It, it, 
I'm, he's I'm, I'm just sick of hearing about it. I'm sick he, of he, hearing about it, man. Bro, he's trolling at this point. But then well, I don't even this know is... if he's trolling. I'm just I'm <laughs> sick of every time mm-hmm. we talk about charters. Dale Jr. could be involved. No. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, at this point. And then finally, this new I mean, this potential rumor uh, is very interesting. Uh, Carson hosts of our Despire and Cup, maybe potentially full time. I mean, it was rumored by Door Bumper Clear. Um, he had a very impressive run at Gateway and um, me and Jarrett were there. And uh, he was running like top 15 straight up before he had the uh, the brake rotor issue. Um, so, fellas, let me ask you this really quick. Um, Danny, I'll start with you. If Carson Hosovar would be announced, um, well, let me rephrase that. Let's say this whole rebrand goes through, right? Let's say Andretti has a you know full rebrand or at the very least is merging with Spire. Um, in the second Spire or, you know, in the second Spire slash Andretti card, Danny, do you think Carson Hosovar uh, is ready to go full time next year if he signed. No, I don't think he's ready. I would actually like to see him run full time in the Xfinity Series next year, and whether that is with JRM or if Spire wants to go and run a full car, because honestly they got pretty good speed in that Spire car in the Xfinity Series. But I I think he's better suited for the um, for the Xfinity Series right now, but. Regardless, Spire would be dumb to keep Ty Dillon that car next year. They need to do. They need. They need to move on. But wait, he yeah. got he got second place stage points though. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, first off, you know Andretti. If Andretti comes into NASCAR, it'll be years away. It'll be at least a year or two away until that happens. The, what the interesting wrinkle in this is Gainbridge. Um, mm. signing a major deal with Spire. And I don't know exactly what that hurt. I've heard rumblings that that could be a bigger deal than we uh, initially realized. Like that could be almost like they're coming in and taking over part of the team in a weird way, which that's where Adam Stern's reporting and Andretti has a connection and they're sort of testing the waters. I don't know exactly what's going on over at Spire, but LaJoy is reportedly close to signing a deal and extension. Something's cooking over there, something big. Andretti in some way, shape or form is almost certainly involved Um as for Hosevar, uh going potentially going cup racing, I agree with Danny. I don't think he's fully mature enough yet. Um, and just mentally, I think you know we, we saw him try to right rear somebody just a couple months ago at Martinsville. <laughs> like, that yeah. wasn't that long ago. I think he's taken a step forward from last year. I think he surrounded himself with different people. He's a different, more mature sort of philosophy. But it's going to take time until I'm truly convinced he is mentally and emotionally ready to go cup racing. Um, I think he has the speed to go cup racing right now. We saw that at Gateway. But does he have the, like, uh, I've heard that this word's been thrown around a lot more by different people in recent weeks. Does he have the race craft uh. necessary? Like he was fast at Gateway, he blew his he blew his brakes off. Like I don't, no, oh, I think yes, it's safe yes. to say the driver probably had something to do with that, or at least the setup or something. They had something to do with that. Um, so I, we'll see. I, I think there's a you know DBC just rumored that he might go to Cup. They didn't say specifically who with. Um, so we'll we'll have to wait and see on that. But there's a lot there. There's so much going on. Spire is really interesting. Um, the last. Uh, but you guys talked about no there's no way ty Dillon stays at spire i, I would be shocked they just swapped crew chiefs because mm-hmm. it's easier to do that midseason than swap drivers but the 77 is just underperformed across the board this year my question yeah. long term with andretti is do they in some way maybe help draw in a new manufacturer because if you think about it they're probably not going to want to come in and be like fourth fiddle on the chevrolet ladder or third fiddle on the Ford ladder, or third or second fiddle on the Toyota ladder. I, I would wonder, especially years away, if 
they'd want to put something together that would work better for them long term rather than try and build from the bottom and basically be wherever Spire is at, if that is the case of them making some so kind of merger or, or, or if it, it makes sense, I wouldn't be shocked, but right off the bat, I would imagine Chevy's still a lot but for them. If this is like twenty twenty five, six, seven, like that's long enough away to set something up. So, you know, you talk about a new manufacturer. I mean, as of right now, uh, Honda currently supplies their engines in IndyCar. And, you know, there's been rumors about maybe Honda, you know, coming to NASCAR and shit. I, I remember back in like 2018 hearing uh, rumors about that. So, I mean, that could yeah. be a potential manufacturer right there, you know, just to start for sure. Um, but it would coincide I'm, with yeah. like the possibility of the new engine too. Like mm-hmm. whenever that's going to be yeah. implemented. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I haven't heard much about that in a couple yeah, of years. It wasn't, it's wasn't, been a minute. Wasn't yeah. it supposed to be implemented like two years ago, and now it's yeah. like, whoa, it's in development. Yeah. Think, yeah, yeah. It's been definitely by 2024. <laughs> yeah. yeah, been in development for quite some time, that's for sure. But uh, as far as the chat's concerned, uh, when I asked, does Andretti join NASCAR? 75% agree that uh, they think they're going to join NASCAR, while 25% say no. And as for the host of our, is he ready for cup question? 81% said no, he is not ready for the cup series. So um, they agree with y'all. They wanted to stay in Xfinity and still develop. So, wow. So we had some silly season news there, fellas. And I'm pretty sure just knowing our luck, we're probably going to have something drop tomorrow (laughs) again. (laughs) We'll see, but we'll see, we'll see. But anyways, so we are now done with the silly season segment. But now... We are about to move on to our top 75 greatest NASCAR Cup drivers of all time. We have, hey, fellas, I feel like we started this yesterday, it feels like. But now we are going through 25 to 21. And we are about to start the top 20 next week. But we're in the top 25 now. So, wow, man. This is crazy. This is crazy. And um, Let's get to uh, it. Hold on. I'm sorry. I got tongue tied really quick, but um, pretty much for um, um, for the chat, you're going to recognize a lot of these drivers. That's for damn sure. At number 25 on our famous uh, top 75 drivers list, we have one of not not only one of the greatest NASCAR drivers of all time, but certainly one of the um, drivers that gave us the greatest sound bites ever. Kurt Busch, Kurt Busch, the oldest of the Bush brothers. 2004 NASCAR Cup Series champion in the first ever chase format, which was also my first season watching the sport personally. Um, That is a season I will never forget. He beat both Hendrick drivers that year. I believe he beat Jimmy Johnson by just eight points, man. And he had a a loose wheel, could have uh, derailed his championship chances. But yeah, gave Roush Racing a championship. Um, 2017 Daytona 500 champion for Stuart Haas Racing and also won the 2010 All-Star Race and Coke 600 in back-to-back weeks for Team Penske. 34 career Cup Series victories, uh, one in 19 of his 22 full-time seasons, including the last one where he unfortunately had his career cut short by a concussion, but still doesn't take away from an awesome career um, so let me, let me see where, um, y'all ranked him. So, um, Jared, um, where did everybody rank them uh, as far as, uh, um, we're uh, concerned? You had him 30th, I am 21st, Danny 22nd, Eric 26th, and Chat 25th. Okay. Okay. What so, jumps yeah. out to me about Kurt Busch was, you know, not to get into all the, you know, off track issues he encountered, but, you know, he was fired from teams. Mm-hmm. He sort of had to rebuild his career. He was driving to 51. He was, 
I mean, there was sort of like a halftime in a way for Bush's <laughs> career. You know, got off to an exciting first half, you know, winning that championship when he was still young, winning a bunch of races, driving for the captain. And then in that second half, he sort of, in, you know, became a different figure. You know, with Stuart Haas racing, he was part of an elite veteran team in 2017, 2018, went to Chip Ganassi, and I, I think helped in many ways put that team back on the map. Uh, he was a contender all three years he was there mm-hmm. uh like I, kurt bush i just think it's remarkable that kurt bush there was like two different eras his career could have gone south and basically you know ended midway through and he kept at it and uh i know i think he deserves a lot of credit for that yeah well and people forget right, for sure. too i think one of his most impressive accomplishments was 2013 taking furniture row to the chase because yeah yes, forgot about furniture row, yeah people are gonna yep. think about martin Truex jr and all he did there but before Truex was there, and Truex had a pretty bad year in 14 with the team, uh, that team was nothing more than a 25th place team that had a one-off win with Regan Smith and a few impressive finishes, top 10 tier in there. And Kurt Busch took that team to, I believe, an 8th or ninth place finish in the chase that year. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that was, especially coming off the Phoenix Racing year, was one of the most impressive years that any drivers put up in the chase era. And I, I hope people remember that more uh, than I'm assuming they do because that team was not Chase Caliber at that point, and Kurt Busch willed that team to the chase. Yeah, my favorite all-time Chase. I was about to say Chase. Uh, what the heck? My favorite all-time Kurt Busch moment was um, uh, 2012 um, driving for Phoenix Racing um, um, in Cup at Infineon. Was um, he was leading the race? Then, unfortunately, I believe he had a uh, sway bar issue, but was still able to wheel that car to a top five finish. And he was crying afterwards. And yeah. And then the following week, this was in Xfinity, but he ended up um, he uh, ended up winning for uh, Phoenix Racing. And um, I don't know. I just thought that whole year was like, you know, his, um, you know, his uh, rebuild year in a sense. And uh, afterwards, yeah, I was able to drive for uh, Furniture Row and then, you know, Sir Haas Racing and uh, get his career back on track. And now he is a top 25 driver on our top 75 list. Yep. Kurt Busch, certainly one of the greatest drivers in NASCAR history. At number 24. Yep. At number 24, we have another champion. Um, His dad is uh, definitely on this list, um, but we have have the son on here as well. Dale Jarrett, the 1999 NASCAR Cup Series champion, uh, was extremely dominant that year. I know that because I did a championship seasons video on him um, back in 2018. Um, ended up clinching the championship a few races early. I believe a race or two early. Um, he is the 1993, 96, and 2000 Daytona 500 champion, a three-time champion of that race. Also won the 96 and 99 Brickyard 400s. And he started the tradition where you uh, kiss the bricks. After winning too, so oh, yeah, um, yeah, yep. that was not started by uh, IndyCar drivers in the Indy 500. No, a NASCAR driver started that. Also won the Coke 600 in 1996. 32 career wins. I was surprised by that. I thought he had like 40 uh, something, but no, only 32 and seven top five points finishes. And in an era where you know you had Gordon, Earnhardt, I mean, you had you know some of these fields were extremely stacked. That's even more impressive. Um, so I'll start with uh, Danny here. Just um, um, or actually, no, no. Let me start off with Jared because he has the um, he has him um, ranked the highest out of all of us. So why did you rank him 16th? I just think he's one of the more underrated drivers. Uh, he he competed in his most competitive era against Jeff Gordon, 
at his prime uh, and his, his, his best in his career. Mark Martin was astoundingly fast back then. Same with Jeff Burton. Dale Earnhardt racing at the same time. And you look at that late 90s to early 2000s, it was a transitionary period, and he still was racing up there. Uh, even in his down years towards the end, he was in contention uh, for the chase in, in like 04 and a little bit in 05. I, I won't say that it ended gracefully by any means, but I think that he is definitely an underrated driver, and the accomplishments he has, I think, justify him being the top 20. Understandable. Understandable yeah. for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, and I was kind of like you, uh, Darian, I was a bit surprised to see he'd only won 32 uh, races, but he raced through NASCAR's, I mean, heyday. He was there for the rise, the peak, maybe the start of the 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 fall. Um, no, Dale Jarrett, easily worthy of being a top uh, 30. I think I had him 24th, I want to say. I didn't see what it was on screen a second ago. Um, I would say definitely a top 25 driver. So I, I really have no issues with where he's at on this list. I don't have anything else to add. Yeah, yeah, you had him 24th. I had him the lowest at 28th. I just wanted him in that top 30 at least. As much as people may give Kyle Busch credit for being the most memorable driver of the 18, uh, he's, you know, he's one of the, uh, he's the original 18 and, uh, you know, for Joe Gibbs Racing and helped put them on the map. Yeah, a lot of people forget that. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people forget. Yeah, he was the first driver for Joe Gibbs. You know, well, the, and help that the, team. The yeah. Dale and Dale show, man. Yeah, Dale and Dale show, of course. Yeah, with Ned Jarrett, uh, you know, commentating and, that. Very and uh, never forget his uh, once football team with uh, Brett. Oh. Sorry, not, not football team. His uh, the team, team. team of yeah. Brett Favre for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that did a video <laughs> on that, too. But, hey, you know, as far as his Cup Series accomplishments, for sure, he accomplished a lot. And that's why he's 24th on our list. Mm-hmm. At number 23, we have another Ford driver. Mr. Short Jack Racing himself, Joey Logano. Hey, get over here. Get over here. Get over here. Get the damn. Tell the, tell the sons thing. Of- <laughs> yeah, sons of. Hey, Jack, Jack, Jack to, Racing. To his Cup Series accomplishments, he is a two-time NASCAR Cup Series champion, won in both tw- uh, 2018 and 2022, 2015 Daytona 500 champion, and currently, just like Dale Jarrett, 32 career wins. He still has a long way to go, fellas. Youngest Cup Series winner ever at the age of 19, winning a range-shortened New Hampshire race in 2009. Qualified for the playoffs 10 times and also qualified for the Final Four an astounding five times ever since the playoff era has been implemented, which included the first year in 2014. Uh, so, yeah, I'll start with Eric, man. I mean, like, I have him 21st. Uh, Eric, I mean, like, I have him 21st, Jarrett 24th, Dandy 26th, 23rd, Eric in the chat 22nd. That's pretty damn even if you ask me. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Eric, again, what are your thoughts? I, I agree with the ranking. He's a two time champion. I, I put him below drivers, uh, like we have Mark Martin coming up, I, who I know is, I'm pretty sure, is ahead of Joey Logano on our list. I have Mark Martin ahead because didn't win any championships, cup championships at least, but 40 time winner, you consider the era he raced in how close he was a number of times. I, you know, so the only thing that, you know, maybe keeps Logano out of the top 20 is he only has 32 wins, but yeah, he's still got a long way to go. Like, right. <laughs> I mean, he's going to get to 40 at this rate easily. I would be shocked. Uh, I think there's a great chance he gets to 50. Now it's worth noting, you know, I pulled up his stats here, you know, mid 2000, mid 2010s, I should say he was on fire, five wins, six wins, three wins, 
Then he had, you know, a one-win year, two, two, three, one, four, four last year, won the championship. You know, the wins have become slightly less frequent in recent years, I would say. Um, but he's still just so because I mean, the point is he wins every year. So I, I, I think right now Logano is 23rd because he's only 33 years old. Mm-hmm. But by the end of his career, he will be top 20 uh, of all the time, no doubt. Cra- crazy thing is I think I heard more people talk about this when he first came in because when he first came in, was 08 he was 18 years old back then and at the time mark martin still racing in his 50s people said if if joey logano would race until he is 50 it would be 2040 by the time he even reaches the same age mark martin was and i remember that era too he was being hyped up i mean mark martin said he's the best thing since sliced bread and uh he, he said it he said it was uh roush's worst mistake to not go oh after yeah oh yeah absolutely and joe gibbs you know capitalized on it um now unfortunately is um saying with joe gibbs i mean he's still extremely young from 2009 to 2012 only won two races but you know still at the early stages in his career once he moved to team penske in uh, 2013 that's when his um cup series career began to officially take off i, I so. i'm gonna be honest guys i think we're selling him short uh, really? Joey Logano, I think, is one of the most overlooked elite drivers in NASCAR history at this point. Like, I think would ta- I think fans take for granted how well he's doing. He, he like we said earlier, thirty three years old. He is not even at his peak as a driver yet, and he has what thirty two career wins. Mm-hmm. This dude, yeah, I this mean, dude easily could be up in the seventies or eighties by the time he calls it, because he, I don't think he's even peaked yet. We talk about, you know, a guy like uh, Kyle Larson having a chance to eventually reach the seven-time champion mark. Well, don't rule Logano out. I mean, he, he just got a second one this past year. No, I mean, I, I could see him being, like, I mean, I know Eric just mentioned top 20. I could easily see top 10, too. Uh, maybe. I, I'm not going to say easily because, I mean, sure, he could run he, he could run another 10 years, but, like, He's won 32 races by age 33. That's extremely impressive, but he's done it in like 15 full-time seasons. You know, 32 wins in 15 seasons. That's good. That's still great. That's Hall of Fame numbers, was, but it's not, you're no longer on that Mount Rushmore. You're no longer top 10 conversation. Yeah, but now, he was a okay, teenager let, then. No, I'm not. That's what I was just getting to. You, I'll take four of those years out. Let's say, you know, year when he was 19, 20, 21, those don't really count. I'm not holding them against Ty Gibbs right now. He's 20 years old. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to hold those first few years against Joey Logano. Let's start when he gets to Team Penske, 2013. Okay, that's fine. I, I just I don't see Logano racing more than about 10 more years. I think he'll average two to three wins a year, so I think he ends up around 50 wins, maybe a f- mid-50s. That's where I think Joey Logano ends up. I, I'm not ready to say Logano's a 70-win guy. I don't think there's any chance he gets that's to 70 sick. wins. Um, any chance he gets to 70 no, wins zero chance he gets to 70 wins i'll say it right here i'll, I'll make that declaration right here on the 26th Damn. day of july 2023 no way joey Logano we'll gets have to, to, we'll have to come we'll have to come back to this eventually I, I, just, I don't think I, the grind will get to him before too long i think 60 he's a he's an old 33 let me put it that way <laughs> an old 33 Oh, oh man, I wouldn't go that far. 33 is still so damn young for a driver. I mean, he's not even halfway yeah. there yet, though. That's a, I don't know. It's it's it's, it's it, no, it's possible. It's physically possible. I don't think I don't think there's any chance. I he still has two championships though. Okay. So oh yeah, no, that. for yeah. sure. So I I yeah. I mean, if you look at what Kevin Harvick or Kyle Busch has done since the age of 33, like I think it's easily possible for him to get to between that 60 70 range. That's 38 wins over what the next 10 to 15 years. Yeah. You also got to factor in the next gen car. Like, like 
Harvick had just the best car for he a couple of years. Just won a there. championship in it. <laughs> no, but I'm saying I. But you're, I'm saying you're not going to see 10 win seasons. I don't think you're going to see like Harvick's had a nine win year. Larson just had a 10 win year. Bush is at eight. And, I don't know if he's at nine. But he's we, had eight win seasons. We saw 10 win seasons in every generation of car. Like, but from we've never C-O-T had a next gen car. I'm just, yeah, I don't know. There's we'll a see. long way to go before then. There's a we'll long if, way to go. We'll see if the parody eventually, like, you know, like sort of tapers out um, once the next gen car is a lot older. But for now, a lot of parody and stuff. So we'll see. I predict 54 wins for Joey Logano when it's all said and done. 54. That's fair. That's fair. I'd say that's fair. A little over 50. And, I'd agree. And, I'd agree with that. Be somewhere around there, I'd say. Yeah. And Jared, what do you think? Like, like eighty something? Would you no, say one hundred three, hundred six, two hundred one? No, I'm, we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna have seven years of just Joey every week. Yeah, Joey, sixty nine. Okay, all right, hey, sixty nine. It's still me. I like that. You go right on the over under. Yeah, but yeah, right but. There. Hey, to the Joey, Joey, Joey girl. Hey, sing it, sing it, girl. Sing it loud and proud because he is twenty third. On our list at number twenty-two, we have ooh uh, um, an OG, an OG in the NASCAR Cup Series. Tim Flock, part of the famous Flock family, a two-time Cup Series champion in fifty-two and fifty-five. Thirty-nine career wins—that's more wins than Logano and Jarrett for sure. Um, and That's had cool. the high, yeah, and the highest win percentage of any full-time driver ever. With 20.9, so basically 21%, uh, won NASCAR's first race in 1949 and yep. also won 18 races in 1955. Jeez. So damn near, so nearly half of his wins came in one season and had a very impressive video game-like career average finish of 9.5. He also led uh, 3,495 of the 6,211 laps in his 1955 championship season. Um, let's see. So the chat, wow, the chat had him rank the highest. And then mm. I see Jared had him rank the lowest, but we were all pretty close. We were all relatively close. So he raced with a damn monkey. Jacko yeah, Flacco. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he raced with the damn monkey as well. Almost forgot about that. Um, the monkey didn't, re- well, didn't they have to take the monkey out eventually? Though? So there's a story. What happened was he, so he had Jocko Flacco basically strapped down in a seat. And if you know monkeys, like the, the people say monkeys are smart animals. They're stupid animals. Uh, like they're, they're curious, but they're stupid. Um, and, and so he had a door that he would uh, uh, open in the car because they had little trap doors in the bottom of the cars back then to check it, how the tire wear was or if there was any damage or something. Well, Jocko Flacco in his infinite wisdom wanted to open the door into like showing into the track and he got hit in the face with a rock and just went and screaming all over the car at this point tim flock is leading the race he has to go in the pit road throw the damn monkey out of the car and he ends up finishing second um jocko didn't last in like that long after that um but (laughs) but yeah i mean one of the most interesting stories, and I, I had to, I had to include old Jacko Flacco, but also one of the greatest drivers, one of the yes. greatest drivers ever. Clearly, especially you know during NASCAR's infancy. I mean, winning the first race, dude, eighteen wins in a season—that's crazy. I know it's a different era, but geez, man, that's crazy. That's crazy too. And I feel like 
you know, like if you're a diehard NASCAR fan, if you know the history of the sport, if you go back to that era, like if you were to name five drivers, Tim Flock would easily be one of those five. Wouldn't you just agree, the, the or Eric, excuse me. <laughs> well, I just said the whole flock family, obviously, were legends of the the industry mm-hmm. back then. They were the textbook moonshiners to to racers yep. uh in those days. So um yeah, two I mean two time champ. Third, how many was it? 40, 39 wins. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean I don't have any. I think you guys said it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Win percentage ever. Yeah, that's crazy. Twenty one percent. That's absolutely insane. But yep, tenth flock. 22nd on this list and finally i think i know who's next yep the final driver of the night at number 21 Mm. somebody call slap shoes get him in the chat mark martin mark martin at number 21 eric who'd you think think we were about to say i guess i just assumed it was kenseth i had him 21st on my list you're okay no no. i had mark martin at p20 you're yeah. telling me that y'all put Matt Kenseth inside the top 20? He has to be in the top 20, right? Mm-hmm. I'll pull my like, leg. I feel like he's got he's to gotta be 20 exactly. And we'll Maybe that would be the case. My gosh. All right, but Mark Martin. No. Mark Martin at number 21. Uh, finished second in points five times and lost those championships to Dell Sr., Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, and Jimmy Johnson. So it's not like he lost it to like, you know, to bums per se, but, you know, to some of the greatest drivers in NASCAR history with multiple championships, by the way. So uh, 40 career wins as well. Uh, finished six or higher in points from 1989 to 1999. So certainly one of those drivers who had the 90s on block. Also won the 93 and 2009 Southern 500s. And boy, that's a lot of years in between for sure. The 2002 Coca-Cola 600 winner, and in 1998, had the greatest season to never win a title statistically. Um, Jared, I knew Jared would have him at least in the top 20. Uh, Jared, why'd you put him inside the top 20 of your list? Because if he were to have his best seasons in any other years than he had them in, he is a <laughs> four or five time cup champion. Look at the guys who beat him Dale yeah. Earnhardt, Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, Jimmy Johnson. I think you could argue in the last 30 years, those are four of possibly the best possible four or five or six drivers to ever race. Uh, two of them. We haven't gotten to them on our list yet. That's yeah. how good they are. None of <laughs> yeah. these four drivers we've gotten to on our list. Spoiler alert. I don't think any of these drivers are next week on the list either. Like they're, <laughs> they're high up on the damn list. Two seven-time champions. Uh, the, the worst driver he lost a championship to was Tony Stewart. So scrub. I think that says a lot. <laughs> I, I, I think if he again, it, it, it's like luck of the draw. If he has his best seasons ever in any other season against any other drivers, he's a four or five time champion. Mm-hmm. He was so influential as well. Not only, you know, fans obviously loved him. He was a gritty, just true racer, worked on his own stuff. Uh, who's also talented behind the wheel, but he's, was also a fan favorite and influential to many drivers. I think drivers that race today, you ask a lot of them, they looked up to Mark Martin. There are a few drivers they respect the same way they respect Mark Martin. So he was never a Cup Series champion, but was great in the Xfinity Series, Won, still won 40 Cup races. That I think is still top 20 on the all-time wins list. Maybe he's down at like 21st at this point, but still really great. Uh, the longevity of his career and the number of people he impacted along the way. Uh, I mean, my favorite driver, Matt Kenseth, was partially discovered by mark martin was helped it was mm-hmm. you know he was mark martin helped he and robbie riser out when they were first uh racing in the bush series so 
uh, no, Mark Martin, like, so spoiler, alert, I had Mark Martin one spot ahead of Matt Kenseth. I couldn't quite put the, the, you know, not that they're like, you know, student teacher, but I couldn't quite, you know, Mark Martin was V1, Kenseth was V2. I couldn't put the, the new one over the original. So I'm shocked to see Mark Martin is 21st, uh, is 21st on our list. I thought he would have been 20th. Yeah. yeah. The longevity is what um, really gets me. Uh, well, yeah. You, know, you got what, I, five wins past the age of 50. Yeah. That's and crazy. Then, and then, you know, first year with Hendrick in 2009, my goodness, just out of nowhere. I mean, just, you know, going back to being a championship contender, you know, and ended up losing to they, Jimmy Johnson. But, you know, they so. took away all the speed from the 88 and put it in that five card. Basically, I guess. Right. So, but yeah, no, Mark Martin, um, definitely deserving to be on this list. It could be debated like, oh, Mark Martin's top 20. But, you know, hey, on our list. He's 21st. So, you know what? It's still a good spot. Still a good spot to be in. So, Mark Martin, one of the greatest drivers ever. And uh, that'll do it for this edition of our Top 75. Uh, to go over it one more time, at 25, Kurt Busch. 24, Dale Jarrett. 23, Joey Logano. 22, Tim Flock. And 21st, Mark Martin. Tune in next week, uh, where we go over 20 through 16. So, the list is counting down. We're going to get down to the top 10 eventually, but... Hey, thanks for tuning in, y'all. Um, so for my other podcast hosts, I apologize. We're about to reach the top of the second hour, and we still haven't gotten to picks yet. But we had so much to talk about, though, that we will try to get through the pick segment as quick as possible. But before we get to it, we got to go over the Richmond slash Road America preview. Now, a couple of weekend notes. There will be stage yellows and non-competitive pit stops at road america just you know nascar has been testing this out on the only the road courses i believe they've been testing uh, on this the out, standalone right? events for Rick oh Kennedy the standalone events okay standalone events okay that makes sense trying to save some money but yeah so just a side note and now going over the race info for this weekend uh the cup race name one of my favorite names cookout 400 and there's a cookout down the street and you know damn well i'm gonna be getting something afterwards so <laughs> cookout 400 a total of 400 laps uh stages 70 laps for stage one uh a hundred, wait, hold on, 70 laps for stage one, uh, 160 laps for stage two, and then uh, stage three, 170 laps. I was confused. I'm like, whoa, 100, but and I'm like, okay, okay, so that that's the way they have the stages set up. Start time is 3 p.m. Eastern time on USA slash MRN. The weather for Sunday's race is um, 86 degrees with scattered thunderstorms, a 55% chance of rain. Here we go again. Our race being affected by rain. Go figure. Who would, have, who would have thought it? Mother Nature hates NASCAR. The defending race winner is Kevin Harvick. Uh, as for the Xfinity Series race at Road America, the Henry 180, a total of 45 laps. And just a side note, I miss Road America so much. Uh, stages are um, 15 apiece for 1, 2, and 3. The start time is 3 p.m. Eastern time on NBC slash MRN. Um, the weather for that race is on a Saturday. 77 degrees, mostly sunny. 13% chance of rain. The defending race winner is Ty Gibbs. And now the truck series race, <clears throat> the worldwide express 250 total of 250 laps stages, 70 laps for stage one, 70 laps for stage two and 110 laps for stage three. The start time is 7 30 PM Eastern time on FS one slash MRN. The weather for that Saturday's race, 102 degrees. Oh my gosh. Oof. Hot. So um, very hot with afternoon thunderstorms, meaning a 40% chance of rain. And of course, oh, oh, my bad. The defending race winner is Chandler Smith. And of course, you can't forget about the SRX race, uh, which is tomorrow 
at a Motor Mile Speedway. The start time is 9 p.m. Eastern time. On ESPN, the weather for Thursday night's race, 91 degrees, humid with afternoon thunderstorms, a 40% chance of rain. The defending race winner, they didn't race here last year. So, um, Jared, um, just uh, read off the entry list really quick. Brad Keselowski, Haley Deegan, Bobby Labani, Ryan Newman, Tony Stewart, Paul Tracy, Marco Andretti, Kenny Schrader, Elio Castroneves, Clint Boyer, Joseph Newgarden, and Kyle Busch. Yeah, so remember those names for the pick parts. Uh, for the pick it's, 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 it's a shame that they, they didn't get someone who made their one and only start here, Tia Norfleet at Motor Mile Speedway. Damn, yeah, one of the best, greatest all-stars ever, for sure. But um, before we get into the pick segment, let's go over the NWP Fantasy League really quick, which, by the way, one and two are separated by just 10 points. And actually, no, no, no actually, the top three are separated by a total of 20 points. Wow. Uh, Sean, 48, and is the points leader, followed by Trevor Sports, 98. And third is Polish Victory Lap. Fourth is 48 Nation. And rounding out the top five is the one and only Denny Delivers. He bumped me outside the top five. Wow. Impressive run. As for the second NWP Fantasy League, uh, that's separated by uh, 14 points. Wow. So extremely close battles. Racer Roar, 48, and P1. Vroom, HMS, and P2. JC underscore 43 and P3. P4 is 42, Larson 5. And rounding out the top five is is unofficial Illinois representative. There you go. So appreciate you guys playing the fantasy league. But now, folks, is before we get into the picks part, it's time to go over the pick points. So let's go over this. So chat, congratulations. You still have the points lead. But here's the thing. Eric is coming. He is closing in as he is only behind by six points. In third is Jarrett after a, a, a very impressive weekend. Saw him win SRX, Truck, and Cup. Uh, so now he is minus, minus 36 in third. Not too far behind is me in fourth at minus 39. But now we have the basement boy, Danny B, sitting minus 62 points. I'm getting cooked. Yeah, hey, it's all good. Not as cooked as I was. Um, in the uh, on, honestly, it's been worse. I, I think one year I was like 150 to 200 points out <laughs> in the basement. So honestly, it's it's not that bad. It's not as bad. You are you are the only, dri- um, the only driver. You're the only uh, one of the pick points not to pick a Cup Series winner yet. So, hey, uh, it's just around the corner. I, right? I think I've got a good shot at it this week. Hey, it's just around Ooh. the corner. Just around the corner. So, yeah, I think all of us have a good shot to get some points this weekend. Now, fellas, it's it. let's get right into it. Uh, who is going to win the SRX race? Eric? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Up. We got oh. betting odds, dude. Oh, dang it, dude. We're Your so late segment, you completely God forgot it. it. Come on. I'm forgetting my own segment. There we go. Now, the betting odds. We got to get into that. Um, favorites for this weekend. Martin Truex Jr. at plus 45, uh, plus uh, um, uh, 450. Followed by Kyle Larson at plus 500, not too far back. Denny Hamlin plus 650. Kevin Harvick plus 750, tied with Christopher Bell. As for the best of the rest, Kyle Busch plus 850. William Byron plus 900. Joey Logano plus 1200. And at plus 1600 apiece uh, is both Ross Chastain and Chase Elliott. The underdogs, uh, very close, very close. Ryan Blaney at plus 2200. Tyler Reddick at plus 2800. Brad Kozlowski plus 3000. Eric Almarola at plus 4,500. They think very highly of him this weekend. And finally, Bubba Wallace at plus 5,500. So and when you're making your picks, chat, keep those betting odds in mind. Okay, now to the picks part, finally. Eric, you start us off. 
who is going to win this weekend's SRX race? I'm rolling with Kyle Busch. Denny Hamlin won in his debut. I think Bush will win in his. Uh, is it, can, so can I, can I spoil? Just, yeah, just tell yeah. us. Just tell us. Just tell us. <laughs> all of us pick Kyle Busch. Okay, so all of yeah. us pick Kyle Busch. Uh, chat. Um, eh, it's looking. I I figured it would be Kyle. They're Bush. picking seeing, Kyle Busch. Yeah, I see mostly so, Kyle Busch. Yeah. SRX is redundant. Doesn't matter this week. Pretty much. Yeah. So we all got a chance to get some bonus points. So we'll see. We'll see. But anyways. Now moving on to the truck series picks. Eric, start us off. Who's going to win the truck race? I think I picked him more than I picked any other driver this year. Second week in a row, he was this close. Uh, he was strong at Richmond in the spring. It's time, time, baby. Jared, and just just Jared, say it, Jared, just say it, bro. We all pick Corey Heim too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam, this is a really quick segment tonight. Yeah, so Corey Heim's our pick. Chat. Let's see who they pick. I don't think they're going to go with Heim, though. I think they'll go. Well, uh, uh, they're, going, oh. they're going with Heim. <laughs> Never mind. It's, 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 it's Heim time. It's, it's clearly Heim. Heim time. Yeah, it's Heim. Give him Heim. <laughs> I might as well give him Heim. Okay. Damn, right, we so got, two races do not matter. <laughs> Basically, well, they, we matter for, they matter for sweeps. They do okay. matter for sweeps. That is okay. true. That is very got true. It. We gotta pick differently for Xfinity, even though I have a feeling everyone's probably right. gonna pick the same guy for this as well. We, we there are different picks in Xfinity and Cup. Okay, okay, all right, sweet, sweet. So Eric, now start us off. Different picks for sure this time. Uh, who is going to win the Xfinity race at Road America this weekend? I'm shocked that there are different picks. Uh, AJ Allmendinger. I'm. We, it's weird that he's doing double duty this week since he's gonna have to travel between cities. But uh, I mean, AJ Allmendinger. I think he won. Which did he win? Coda, yeah, you won yeah. Coda earlier this year. Does he have any other Xfinity wins this season? I don't um, know. I don't think so. But uh, Almonir, I just—he's the safest pick to win an Xfinity race. There's no—I don't think there's any other Cup guys in the field. So, give me yeah. the dinger. So I'm the guy who picked differently. This guy, I've picked him for road courses before, and he's ran up front and a lot of times, but he's always had some BS happen where it's bad luck. He gets taken out, or he's driving way in over his head. He doesn't have a an Xfinity Series win yet, but I think he will after this weekend. Sheldon Creed is a NASCAR Ooh. Xfinity Series winner. Let's go for it. That's ballsy. Why not? Give me wow. AJ. And then also assuming, give the give the chat AJ. You might as well give the chat AJ. So I'm the lone wolf. Oh, the lone wolf. The lone wolf. All right, we'll see if it pays off, or you know, could potentially backfire very badly. Um, but now to the cup picks. So Eric. Not for points, but who's going to suck? Uh, I'll go with Austin Sendrick. If I'm not mistaken, he still does not have a top five at a non-super speedway or non-road course. Um, mm. So I don't expect that to change. In his career? I mean, yeah, his career is only a year and a half old. Uh, but yeah. But, uh, yeah. All right, Jarrett? Eric, I can tell you did your research because I got Sendrick too. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, we're study buddies. <laughs> we're gonna we're, we're gonna keep it in the Austin family, but um, Austin Dillon for me, for sure. It's gonna suck, Danny. And uh, even though I have him winning on Saturday, he's doing nothing to help himself out at the start of the week. I got AJ Allmendinger to suck at Richmond, and we're just gonna give him Ty Dillon. I'm seeing mostly 77s. We're just giving Ty yeah, Dillon. They have Ty Dillon quickly. All right, now Eric, uh, who is your underdog for Richmond? I mentioned him earlier. I think I said he finished sixth here in the spring. Just good all-around race car driver, but has been surprisingly good at the shorter flat ovals this year. Michael McDowell. 
I'm okay. a, I'm gonna go with a guy who's been very solid at Richmond and solid at some of these shorter ovals as well. Uh, was running very well before having an issue at New Hampshire, and I think that is a somewhat comparable track. I'm going Eric Almirola. Hmm. Hey, he's plus 4,500 in the, in the betting odds. So yeah, very interesting, but I'm going, I'm going to go with the guy below him at plus 5,500 Bubba Wallace plus 27 above the cut line. I like, yeah, I've got a good feeling about him. I'm not, I'm not saying he's um going to be a, uh, a, a contender to win, but you know, top 10 run. That's a, that's a pretty good run for him at this point. Bubba Wallace, Danny. And side note, it looks like the chat agrees with Darian. They're going to put uh, Wallace as their we'll underdog. Then we'll give him Bubba. Uh, but, but as far as me, um, they had good speed last week. He's won here before. They need to get it together. I'm going to, I'm going to Alex Bowman to be the underdog for this one. All right. All right. And now for the main event, who's going to win? Who's going to win at Richmond, Eric? Toyota's usually fast here. I believe Larson got the win though in a Chevy recently, but it's uh, you know I think it typically plays out some sort of fuel strategy or tire strategy plays out at the end. I think typically this guy is set up in a good spot. I think Martin Truex Jr. Uh, is going to win. He's been just fast every week, and I think he and James Small are just clicking on the same page. I think wasn't it Richmond earlier this year where they got off sequence mm-hmm. on tires? Mm-hmm. I don't think that happens this year. They've learned from that mistake. I don't care if it's Monday or if it's Sunday. I think the tires will prevail this time for Turex. Okay. So it feels like Toyota is the obvious bet, right? I thought that last year. And then look what happened. He's been the ultimate team carrier. He almost won a race earlier this year at, you know, a couple of short tracks, by the way. I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick. He's going to put that team on his back and win once again in the summer Richmond race. Let's get a little risky with it. Yeah, and- okay, cool story, Darren. I tried that last week. It didn't work. It's Martin Trish Jr., clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm the lone wolf for Cup and Xfinity. I, well, depending on – well, oh, the chat's going with – No, uh, chat's Trish clearly going to Martin Trish. So give me the old – So 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 basically, I've, I've got a chance to get Darian back in the basement with me. Yeah, so he wait, does. I think – the Jarrett, Danny, me, and the chat picked the same for all four races. Yes. Darian picked two different ones. Mm-hmm. This is the most boring pick week ever. Yeah, hey, I made it exciting, bro. Darian's <laughs> either going to gain a ton on all of us or is going to be last at, at the start. The, the, the thing is, I can't move. So literally all I can do is drag Darian down. A yeah, you can drag me down with him or I can drag Jared. Hey, this, no, no, this is a smart points week for me. I don't I don't need to go <laughs> for the win. I just need a smart points week. Hey. I see the, I see the chat saying, hey, you can't gain on us. We're not going to lose points this week. Good picks chat guys. Remember, we've been over this last year. We'll let you do it this one week, but we're don't gonna, do it. Yeah, if this becomes a regular thing, we're not going to let you guys play mm-hmm. uh, play unfair. We, we, we I, I mean, totally it's a, change how the, the chat can vote. If you mm-hmm. try and cheat the system, technically y'all are supposed to be going first. Yeah, we don't true. we don't do it that way. Yeah, just stay exactly. in chat. To to be fair though, this is a very predictable race weekend. I feel like no good show. Thank you everyone for tuning in, hanging out with us. Uh, we'll see you next week. Yep, and thank you guys so much for the birthday wishes. It means the world. Twenty six years old. I don't feel twenty six, and I got to spend it with you guys once again. Couldn't ask for anything better. Just one piece but, of advice, buddy. What? Bunt next time. Yeah. Or actually prepare properly next time. I'll start off with that first. We'll Take see a happens. hamstring injury. Get a pinch hitter in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... Eh.
Once again, that would do it for this edition of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Thank you guys so much for watching. This is Black Flags Matter. Catch you next time. Goodbye. Beam, you look beautiful. You look great.